I've heard it's safe. No, no. You know what I mean? No, you cannot. You know, you cannot do some unethical stuff to the poor peoples. No, but in India, you can see there are lots of billionaires and lots of millionaires out there, and they are. You can see the you can see the injective discourse. There are lots of people out there. Someone says the Indian poor guy. They are not poor, you know. If a, if an Indian run a mobile. Wait, there's a bunch of Indians in the injective Discord. Uh, yes, if if an Indian. R- can operate a mobile and doing some crypto shit and investing in crypto. They are not poor man. They are rich family sons. Ooh. You have to know those things. <laughs> and in India, rich means you can see you may be the United States. You must be on something like $1 million savings. A rich guy can buy like nice shoes there, right? Yeah. But you can afford the luxuries, but in India, like the income difference, like someone's like millionaire is a million dollar is not a money for rich people. You know, it's something like small money for us. And if you say something, the poor people, they hardly can afford one dollar per day income. That's the difference. And mm-hmm. I already told you my grandfather, he holds a land and that that land worth is like one point five million dollars. You know? So this he's is not dead yet. You can't take his land yet. Why don't you ask him for it? Maybe like tell him you have a good idea. Maybe you're going to build like um, houses for poor people or something. No, not good. That is not going to happen. I'm not. Oh, you're never going to help poor. You're never going to help poor people. No, 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 no. This is not going to happen. This that's that's not a true thing to do. Your grandfather's not a nice guy, or what? And yes, absolutely nice guy, but, but you know, that's a lot. You know, that's a last things. You know, last investment. He already gave everything away to the sons. He already gave away everything to my father. But this one's coming to you. Yes, absolutely. You didn't use his money and lose it all on Luna, did you? No. Okay. <laughs> Only the girlfriend's money. So hang on, hang on. Grandfather likes you still. Is that fair? No, that was not. Land is not a liquid, liquid Hold up, cash. Like, wait a minute. How many competitors do you have? Like, do you have a bunch of brothers and sisters and shit? Yes, I have brothers. Two brothers. But aren't they going to argue for this land? Yeah, absolutely. So you're oh, all, well, we what, brothers, you have yeah. to kill each other or what? What's the culture? No, How does no, this work? Yes. No, no, no. Yeah, we are brothers. No, we are, <laughs> like, we, is we, it whoever, like. You have to kill the other two no, brothers, no. and you can have all of it. No, we, we have brothers. You know, Indian are the brothers are the. You know, you can see there is the brothers are. You know, the most you can say this is they are. You know, trustable, more trustable than white. They're pretty tight. So what? What? Yeah. Uh, what do your? What do your brothers want to do with this land then? No, we didn't decide yet anything about that. We didn't think about that anything like that. So you have to wait for the old man to kick the bucket and then like figure it out. No, my brother. I, I I think the plot thickens here, Sefi. I think the old man wanted to make everyone in his family poor except him, so he's made a backroom deal with Bikram to make them all poor. With the Terra Luna crash. So like, yeah, 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 it'll it'll crash, Granddad. Don't worry. One day it'll go down, and then like he's like, yeah, invest all their money in that, and now like the Granddad can play the uh, will card. Where he's like, well, I'm just going to write you out my will. And Bikram's already lost all your money, so now you have nothing. And uh, I, th- I, think, I think there's some, some definitely some sketchy shit going on here, dude. It's a redemption arc for the grandfather. 
So, Victor, how many, like, so if you get your fraction of the land, right, let's say one, I don't know, how many you... brothers, sisters, cousins, whatever you have, but like, let's say you get like, I don't know, 10% of the one and a half million dollars worth of stuff and you sell this land and then you break it up into little pieces, you now have 150K in your pocket. What are you going to do with it? You gonna Bro, find it? Is it time to get married or what? Like, what are you doing? Bro, he's my grandfather and there is my father, you know? I also have my father, and my father also got some lands. Yeah, but you're poor and I'm married now. What is the old man doing fucking around? Why doesn't he just sell the land? <laughs> That's I just said that in funny way, you know, for making know. You, you, you just bring this topic, you know, for the grandfather. This is why I said these things. I don't yeah, interest well, in, I, I I'm not interested in lands, you know. I just say these things. I mean, like... But we're just analyzing the situation, right? We're trying to figure out how to better your life a little bit. I, actually, I am already better life. I, if you think that, you know, that this is a kind of racist things. You guys think whole no, Indian No, 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 no. Like, Chugaboom has, like, if he has a grandfather and he's going to leave him some land, they have to figure out what to do about it, right? Yeah, like, we're just asking you yeah, questions. Is, you're you're the one not, jumping. This is not a racist thing. This happens everywhere. Yeah. Yeah, we were asked about your culture because we're interested, not because we're assuming. If we assumed, we'd have just said, oh, you'll just sell it and do this with it. We're, we're asking you questions, Bikram, because we're interested. We're, we're getting you to educate us. But before we continue that, look what I just posted in the next segment. The culture, culture is like in you know, India. In India, the culture is like the family is everything. The, my well, father, no, that, my that, that's family one part of India. There's 50 different cultures in India because there's 50 different states. No, in every every culture, you know, in every culture, you can say the one common thing there is that is the family is the main thing, and the mother, your your mother and your father, going to decide everything. Like Sefi, well, already know these things because he married an Indian woman. He also know these things. Mother and the father is the decider. He is he my mother and father going to decide everything about my life, which job I want to take, which woman I I have to marry, and everything. Oh. Wow. Yeah. Did parents uh, also decide you to manipulate everyone. No, that was the granddad. That was the granddad. Oh, yeah, yeah, for the redemption arc, because he wants everyone to get poor. So then all of his bad life decisions and his bad behaviors can be redeemed by him giving land when he dies. Exactly. Yeah. I, 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 that's an insane plan, to be honest. I, do you know what? I think that would make it legitimately good a complicated life he's leading here. It's like a tangled web. Yeah. So, yeah, yeah. It, keeps, it keeps going for married women or married men, was it? Well, I can't remember. What did Zara find out? Was it married men or married women? Not man, brother. Nobody in India is gay. You know the gay thing is, your in your culture in India you cannot see any gay. Yeah, there are no gay people like in India. Listen, um, yeah. did you um have you ever used like one of these dating apps like um what do they call like Tinder or something like that? No, I is don't use not, this. Is it not popular in India? <laughs> no, this is this is popular. You know the popular in the, school. Like, you know, the how do you find they, a girl? They, they, how do you find a girlfriend then? Like your grandfather's laying there. He's ninety-five. He's not helping you. He, he's got this property, whatever. Like, what are you doing? Like, how are you? Like, it's four thirty like, in the morning, or five o'clock in the morning, or five thirty in the morning by now in India. You haven't slept all night. Yes. 
what like what girl are you gonna meet if you're like chit chatting with us at all night and then like like you're gonna look tired tomorrow, right? Yes. I sleep like four or five hours, you know. I have to do some research and work for research. those things. Yeah. I, I need In to America, they call this, that you know, stalking. No, I am researching our this Bolan upgrades, you know, the RWA models. So how, how these things going to implement on this injective chain. So everything I am Listen, researching. Listen, none of that shit's going to get your girlfriend. I'm telling you right now. Nobody, nobody, but, she like, doesn't want to know about injective chains. She doesn't want to know about all that stuff. Yes. You know, like she might like maybe like some flowers or something, or maybe like, where are you going to meet somebody? Like you're going to go out to a, like, where do people go now? Like bars or like you go dancing or something or what? No, it's, it's similar, similar to every country. You know, you have to approach through women, everything. You have well, to go yeah, fast and approach her. Exactly, exactly like where? Like what setting? Like, like yeah. Like, what does it mean like, you need to go fast? Yes, you can. Let me tell you the honest story about the India. If no, you no. get a government, if you working for a government, and if you have a government job, you know, so you don't have to worry for women. Women are going to come for you. This is oh, the structure okay. in India. So why yeah. don't you have women? Yeah. If that's the truth, and I'm assuming you've been doing so this for a number of years. Do you live like in a big apartment complex with lots of people, or you live like in your own house, or what? Where, where are you living? I have my house. I have three houses. Three houses? Yes. What are you doing with them? Yeah, so, so not my, you know, my father, my grandfather, and everything. Oh, you just count them as your Not family. a single of mine. So, not a single like, of mine. What if you, do these houses, like, are they in a neighborhood where you could maybe knock on some doors, like, go door to door and say, hey, um, do you have, like, a lady in the house that would uh, go out with me? Like, how, no, how are you going to, like, are you going to meet someone in a restaurant? Like, what are you going to do exactly? That's what I'm asking. Actually, I, I, I am fully concentrated in, in this, you know, the work. And so, so right now your only me. mission is to like pump injective coins. Like no, my my mission is like dedicatedly focus on life and growing my investment. And I want to earn more than my father and my grandfather did. You know, right now the economic situation is kind of bad. Hang on so, a minute. Hang on a minute. Didn't you literally just say your mom and your dad decide your future? So it doesn't matter what you want to focus on. Why are your parents not trying to get you a girlfriend? So what do you say? So you said about ten minutes ago uh, that yes. your mother, your, your mother and your father decide your life, not you. Yes. Yeah. So why are they not trying to get you a girlfriend? No, not girlfriend. They are going to arrange your marriage. Are they respectable? Yeah. Are your parents respected? Yeah, they are going to arrange your marriage. They are not going to get your girlfriend. They are going to setting off your wife. You know the the you know what what did that did his spouse or something like that? The, no, I know, to, I know what the wife is. Thinking. Engagement. You you need to you need to research about this Indian culture. You know you will find out this arrangement is stop. Okay, so you are going to have an arranged marriage, and that is how you're going to meet someone. Yes, yes, yes. Okay, we've answered the question, Sefi. I don't know why you made it so difficult. 
Hey, yeah, but how old are you now, Vikram? I'm 30 years old. I don't know. Like, it's getting kind of late for marriage for you. No, absolutely not. <laughs> 30 seems a little bit up there, for, especially for Indian. No, absolutely not. Yes, 30, 30 years old is, is, is like, you know, something like the start, starting age of marriage in India. I don't know. Maybe for gay marriage. I don't know. Like, this doesn't sound right to me. No, 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 absolutely not. It's, this is a 30 years is a starting of marriage. You know, my friends are starting marriage right now. My every friend starting marriage. I, one month a little. Like, why, why wait? So, like, what, do you, what have you been doing until 30? Like, except for losing your girlfriend's Luna money. Well, the educations. I have degrees and I focus on the educations mainly. Your plan right now is to be in like Discord groups all night long research injective become part of the injective shill cartel i'm pretty sure this is a top signal i'm like i'm gonna sell my injective because of all this i'm out man here I'm no no we might, yep i just we, we've got our own we've got our own reverse kramer but the indian yeah, stuff i'm pretty i'm i just sold all my injective i'm gonna buy it back lower fuck this yeah i'm not over the injective i am good focusing on this pro every, every type of blockchain things and i am focusing on the technology things you know oh you're in it for the tech yes oh man i suspect you need to like you're gonna get wrecked no i, I do, do not do, do these things again i'm suspecting you're gonna get wrecked again I don't do no, this thing no, no. after you've already been right. Right, I'm going to bed, Safi, because it's getting late and I've not been feeling too great. So much love, buddy. Sure. Take care, everyone. Sure. And uh, good luck. <laughs> like you, sir. Bye. Yeah, good so time. Interview is over. Oh, I don't know. Yura has some questions. Yura, Yura did you have anything else to add? Yeah, I just no. need to say that I, I'm out as well. I sold all injectors. Yeah. Yeah. I think it's a top signal. There's apparently like this gigantic Asian like shill cartel for injective. And like they've been pumping this thing and whatever. And I suspect they've all run out of money, is my suspicion here. No, brother. I am not shilling this project. No, I'm I'm not also, you, you you just joined the cartel kind of late, I think. Yes, I already I already shield many type of projects. I, I do not shield this project token or something like that. Anybody. Which one do you like, like what should I what should I buy to get rich? Um I'm gonna buy so, today. Tell me. Let me let me tell you. I have a plan for something and I am planning to, you know, some organizing some stuffs and I already collected my friends. And they are developers, and so I have a plan Coin. for introducing from blockchain testing platforms in the future. Is going to be so this is why this is why I this is why I need a experience in this blockchain industry. Are you a coder? So that's why I need. are you a coder? What do you say? Are you a coder? He's an accountant. Accounts. Uh, this uh, voice is cutting, you know. Oh, sorry. He's asking if you're a coder, a coder, you know, programmer. No, I'm not a coder. I'm an MBA and I'm running the management things. So what value would you uh, bring to a project like that? I actually, I'm observing the trends and the mature. 
the market sentiments mainly my studies i i am not in for like you know the blockchain only i also studied the market and the effects and this money flow and the systems that going through like the your ac especially or the federal reserve things and how this money creating impacts in our economy you can see when this nasdaq was I down, want your like, opinion, Vikram. Like, uh, so Bitcoin is forty six thousand right now. So, based on your instincts, uh, where do you think it will be in about six months? Do you believe it'll be closer to thirty thousand or closer to ninety thousand? Not, not like that. This is not going to happen. You know, the co- n- neither is going. To, it's neither is going to ninety thousand, and neither is going to thirty thousand. I said, which is it closer to? No, it's going months. to like. It, it it is going to stay like so I say it is going to stay like sixty maybe sixty and they as they then they will hit there is resistance out there sixty to one thousand or sixty two thousand that resistance is not going to break up you know they are really? going to How hit do you that know? but there is a large amount of inflow so on sixty two thousand and this is not going to happen it it is going to remain on sixty on fifty eight something like that how do how do you and know like, where, where did you come up with that information? Uh, you can observe the trend, man. You can observe the trend. 62,000, that's really hard to beat. This amount, this is not going to, they are not going to beat by the 62,000. The ETF, maximum amount the ETF can calculate like $200 billion in 2024. And 200 billion is not a big amount for the Bitcoin. You know, this huh. is not going to create us some huge like you know 2x 4x this is not going to happen is that what they're saying in like what discord groups or like is that something your dad said or what other i i have masters in business administrations i don't think they teach you any of this bikram Bikram, are you are you possible to uh hire you for our dao we're looking for an accountant we're still launching we need someone who is good with numbers no, no, no. I I don't have time for that. You know, I already work day on my day shift. I work for government, and only the night I have time for researching about the blockchain. This is why I wake up, wake up at night and research things. Yeah, we're on blockchain. What do you say? We're on blockchain. That doesn't work. I don't Our project your is, it is. We are on blockchain. We need we need an accountant in our team. We're looking to hire an accountant who could help us with the numbers in our treasury Listen, and our finance. As he, long as you promise not doing... to spend it on Luna, as long as you no, promise no, no. not to spend it on Luna. Disclosure: If no. he does this thing for you, he's never going to find a girlfriend. He, he's already spending his whole night doing this stuff. Look, we can look, make it. We can make a deal that if we why? ever discover aliens, he'll be the first one to get an alien girlfriend. Why? Why you need a accountant for your treasury? First of all, because it's going to be a big company. We're raising two million dollars. No, no, that's that's not a, that's not a recruitment at all. If you want to recruit something, so then recruit some market maker. First, you have to recruit a market maker. You don't. We have don't to need manipulation. Them. You're you're already talking about manipulation. No. We're not there yet. We're not there yet. You are you are in crypto, man. Crypto is the air and Bitcoin is a meme coin. You have to know this thing. There is no utility of Bitcoin. It's a meme coin, just like Dogecoin. You're making me really nervous. No. I'm selling everything. 
tell me tell me which project building on block which bitcoin blockchain ordinals and that's the you only the person know these things yeah but bitcoin ordinals i mean it's nft on bitcoin isn't it nobody knows what it is really well i tried to get the best market manipulator yeah. in our team and i didn't i did not succeed yeah, absolutely this is what i am saying crypto is not like a investment like a traditional investments acc are saying because they know these things what can happen they just want to protect your money american investors money this is why they just want to, to doing these things you know they don't want to explode your money to the other countries that can reduce your dollar value so this is why acc is doing for your you know the for the citizen of americas they are not doing for their bags they are doing for yours and that's I'm not, not what from SEC america i'm not from america so sec is does it's so, not my president acc is marketing these things because they want to show their market to the hey, entire Vikram, world. Do, you, do you know what the sec does do you know what it's for exactly like every security and exchange boards are same okay, every they, security and exchange board are same what do they do probably literally the function of every literally every security and exchange boards are the same you know what, okay. what is their purpose in india i am saying the india we have sebi okay. they are governing this governing this governing this industries and they they do this thumb registered securities and the commodities on the markets and the in your i think the commodities market registered by the cftc and the securities markets registered by this your secs the securities can you and explain what a security is for me because i didn't get an mba um, the security is like you know the traditional you have to say there is security it's like can you explain security without using the word security no i'm not going to do these things for to you okay okay <sighs> fair enough i'll i'll ask that to you this is why you don't have a girlfriend we need to solve this problem boys like somehow or another um so tomorrow night bikram you're not going to be coming on twitter spaces you're going to go out somewhere where is that going to be tomorrow night yeah like where, you, like where are the girls hanging out at that's my question uh, college so like at a night club you're going to go hang out at the college like like uh you're going to like do the college girls mind if like a 30 year old that's like a graduate who's an accountant goes and hangs out there and like Yes, absolutely. They will freak out. Oh, they want you. No. I like it. This... Okay. So let's uh, so you're going to go to a college tomorrow. And what do you have to do like, No, I'm not going to do like what do you do? Like do you shake hands, do you whistle, do you like give little notes like with little like maybe some flowers or something? So I don't understand why do you think these Say, omens are the important of your life, you know. 
why do you think you can live your life single or just like that i am living my life perfectly i can sit i am now smoking cigarette on yeah my you can you can bed. have like i can do these things okay when you got a woman you cannot do these things uh, personally i would die it. if i would be alone Mm-hmm. There are certain things I don't know. I I I need certain things and certain things I don't know. I would I think like within eight nine days. I think nine days my limit. I would die. So you're gonna save up uh, a bunch of injective tokens, have them moon, and go buy cigarettes with them? I don't understand. Bro, I didn't hold any injective. I hold like something one hundred one hundred injective or something like that. One hundred fifty. Is that like a make it bag? How many cigarettes can you buy mm-hmm. if it goes up like 10x? What? Why? Why? Why I have to sell my crypto for buying my token? Everybody. I don't know. If you don't have a girlfriend, like you might as well buy cigarettes, right? No. Oh, you're gonna diamond hand these things or what? Like I don't get it. <laughs> I don't know, man. I don't know how to answer your questions. And on Seriously. Twitter, everyone says you have to take profit, take profit, TP, and all this stuff. Like I don't know. Did did, did you say, say, say did you watch me to do these things ever? Something this weird stuff like that. Buy, 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 buy now. These things I never said these things. Oh, you don't buy anything. I buy anything, but I cannot say to the people, you have to buy these things. You have to do these things. I cannot do these things. Whatever you know, you have to fix this line. You know, you are here for the technology, so you have to promote that technology. There's a difference between promoting technology and the promoting token. And you guys telling about the design decentralizations. Any token building on blockchain is not decentralized. You know, token is a single centralized entity, and the decentralized structure is based on the blockchain. And the right now, the RWA model, you can see the real, real so world tokenization. Is, I think I, real world. So I should understand blockchain, but I shouldn't buy any tokens. I shouldn't buy any coins. You can invest in other things. You have to invest. You, you, do, you don't have to buy tokens for the investments. You, you, you can invest in other ways. Hmm. You know these things. You are organizing these autism things so get do you like, hold on so do get you like hold maybe some autism? stocks buy some stocks yeah. and then only research blockchains yes like that i like the autism thing like the bruce doing these things they didn't invest anything they're just using his tweeting twitter profiler and right now the 10 billion dollar in, in his pocket so do you this guy this this is crypto man that's why he's smart and you're not bruce is so rich oh my god yeah, this is the thing. Like, this is why. Like, this is what we've been trying to explain to you. He's got the right so idea. So, how do you know that I don't have anything like that? I don't have million dollar portfolio like that, or something like that. How do you know these things? Okay, fine. You have a million dollar portfolio like that. Um, what are you gonna do with it? Nothing. Just possible. What I'm going to do with it? Nothing. 
In Bikram, we're looking for investors. If you have a million dollar portfolio, we're very welcome to join us. We're looking for very good investors, not manipulators, but investors. No, brother, I do not. I am not a million dollar holder portfolio, and I do not want to disclose my portfolio because, you know, there is something strong regulations out there in India. So I don't want to disclose. I already use VPN for trade these things, you know. And I'm so pretty the Indian sure feds are after you. Yeah, pretty so sure the Indian feds are. They already Which feds banned, do you think are the worst? They already banned the centralized exchanges. Nine centralized exchanges they already banned in India. Is it working? Yes, you can. You can run these exchanges through. VPN and it's better for me, you know. You can cash out these things without any hesitations using VPN. Mm. That's a, that's a really good thing for me. I want I want no regulation. That's why you bought a bunch of Zephyr tokens, right? Because they're untraceable. <laughs> yes. How do you know that? How does who know what? I buy Zephyr token. Okay, I got it. You you know no, there's a wallet. I'm asking because it's untraceable, right? So you don't have to worry about the government. Yes. It's probably a bunch of Indians then buying in, in Zephyr then. So they don't have to like, they can keep no, it. No, I, I still hold these, you know, whatever these things, this tornado cash things. I still hold this token. <laughs> tornado cash? Yes. How's it doing? I don't know, man. <laughs> it got mixed into oblivion. He doesn't know where it is. Hmm. Oh, well. When you have that much money, I think it's very easy to get lost in the sauce, huh? Yeah, you can easily lose track after a while. Wherever it's like went. Scrooge McDuck. He's just swimming in gold coins every day. Yeah, it could like solve like poverty in India. The strange life of Bikram. Um, what other kinds of like, what do you do for entertainment in India? Do you like watch movies or what? Like, what do you do? Is it all streaming now? Like, do you watch like, is porn really popular? Like what's happening over there late these days? Just give us like a lowdown. It's, it's just, it's just like you you, if you have money in your pocket, you don't have to worry about the luxury items. In India, it's it's not about the poor country, brother. India is not. It's it's kind of two type of situations right here. If you have money, you can enjoy the everything like you were enjoying in United States. If you don't have money, you have to live a something weird life that you know that Indians are poor or something like that. Everything. You, you see, in the United States, I see there's a large number of homeless people. So why don't you talk about your homeless guys and focus, you guys are most focused on the Indian poor guys, you know. You can see there's a large number of homeless people in your areas.
Okay. Well, anybody else have any interesting stories? I think we've pretty much covered the, the Bikram saga to the extent that we can. We got a very interesting new member in our DAO, a guy who was talking to Kanye West about infinite energy, and he was trying to. Oh, shit. <laughs> okay. <laughs> yeah, hear me out. So he actually met Kanye at one of his concerts and just started approaching him saying, I've been visited by aliens, Kanye. I think I have good ideas for your presidency. Then he started to reach out to him on Instagram. <clears throat> and I, I'm not sure whether Kanye responded to him or just read his messages. But he started like following him back and liking his stuff. And like a week after, Kanye was doing some sort of spaces and was mentioning about that one of his goals is to create free infinite energy for everyone. <laughs> I'm not joking. Like for real. He was sending like screenshots and everything. Yeah, it's impressive. The guy made a documentary about Elvis and his relationship to aliens. Like the guy is fully, fully in. I like this Dow. Oh, no, it's revolutionary. We're going to be the forefront of, you know, when you turn on Rick and Morty and you watch that, you think, haha, I want to be there. We're going to be there. So please don't get lost in all these market manipulations in your Dogecoins. Uh, Autism crew is very nice. We'll always have doors open for you guys. What if aliens really dislike it there and stay away? So it's like a negative like if 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 they are bad you mean or that they just don't like us yeah what if what if they don't like the organization and oh if they don't you? like oh like that they, they don't like us Oof. well yeah, we're what if they're like the... all about you know no money so that they don't like that you're valuing your dow spots for example uh, so we're gonna give away all, all our money to them immediately so that you're just gonna become the alien's bitch no, no. We're just going to do a full-on uh, socialism instantly. Just going to give all the spots to the aliens. I think that'll be the only fair approach, you know, just lay off your arms. Because the DAO votes and the tokens would be our weapons, our democratic votes. And if they don't like it, we're going to lay down our arms. We Sounds are our ghost. Cooling strategy. Doesn't sound yeah. very uh, like bullish for humanity. Uh, what do you mean bullish for you? I mean, we're, we're going to be peaceful. That's our only approach. If there's any uh, aggressiveness from them, I, I mean, we're just going to throw in the towel. We're going to let, let it happen. We're not going to fight it. That's, that's, that, that's, the, that's the view of our DAO, you know. Is that out of fear? Out of respect. Is that another word for fear? fear? No. No, it's respect. If if you will see that some people will be fearful, we're gonna take away their tokens. What did you say, Yura? Yeah, fear, fear. I'm asking if it's uh if it's respect out of fear or some other reason for capitulating instantly to any aggression. What if they're like Admira- ad- admiration? Yeah, there is a possibility that Ooh, we're just all like uh, yeah, that we're just a zoo to them, so that would be quite disappointing. But then we can put up the best show ever. Yeah, I think they're enjoying watching us for sure. Um, yeah, that I agree with. But I don't think it's, I don't think if aliens come and they say, lay down your arms, then you should just do it instantly. Like, I, I think they might be disappointed. They might fly away. 
Not that they would lose respect or something. Hmm. Well, do you think aliens would be more respectful of Kanye West or of Bikram, for example? <laughs> I like how uh, very parallel comparisons, Kanye West or Bitcoin. No, no, B- Bikram. Bik- sorry, I don't know if my audio is oh, sorry. terrible. Uh, so, 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 <laughs> so I thought you said Bitcoin. <laughs> it took me a while to like just put them in parallel. Oh, man. Well, I'm not sure what type, what type of society the aliens are living in. But Bikram, if, if they are very different from us, then I think they would respect the hustle of Bikram. If they have any moral code, then I'm not sure Bikram is going to survive this. Are you there? Hey, you are you are you Indian? It kind of sounds like Indian. Who? I'm talking to you. You're up. Oh, thank you, thank you for that compliment. Um, uh, yeah, no, I was because because I think aliens might be just as respectful of Kanye West as of Bikram. So, yeah. like, you know, I think they're very if they are truly enlightened, sort of good aliens they'd be really happy to see either of them but if you think we're going to meet some like war chief aliens who might kill bikram because he's not as cool as kanye then that could be a problem and if your organization invites those sort of aliens to the world then that's a hell of an insurance problem like could get sued but we have an accountant right here in case there's like a Economic issue. Yeah, I'm pretty sure he's good with insurance fraud. So we're settled with that. Well, I am the only doxxed person here. And you are talking to me. I am the pod. Doxxed what? We have no idea if your name is real or not. He's, he even has an address on his Twitter profile, which is, for right. me, just seems so suspicious. No, did you become an injective knight? What does it say in your um, like thing? <laughs> Ambassador at Ithium knight at injective. My newsletter is, is that why he's studying the blockchain at night as well? Should I subscribe to your newsletter? You can, you can, you can check those newsletters, and I, I also read. Might I find in that newsletter? Yes, that's you can check my newsletters. That's not a problem. Is that also the reason why you study injective at night? No, actually, I just started researching this injective by last 15 or 20 days because of Steffi, you know, he's the main culprit. And I'm not that familiar with the injective things. And this is why I'm researching the injective, but I am also interested in other things like the privacy. The privacy. Hey, listen, I just bought injective to buy it and then sell it. I don't know anything about it. If you, if if you like privacy, why do you why do you have a dog? Why, why, why do you have a dog's Twitter profile? You're like you're in the newsletter and everything now. Like I, I'm just buying some and selling some. And you're just like instead of getting a girlfriend, you're starting a fucking injective newsletter. Don't do that. So so, so first, tell me the why. Why you need to hide? You know, first first of all, why you need you, to hide? You, you hide said you're in pri- into privacy. I don't understand. Privacy, you just said privacy, privacy, privacy doesn't mean you are going to stay doxxed. You are going to stay, uh, you hide behind a wallpaper. That doesn't mean the privacy, you know? Privacy means 
your activities, your personal things, your proprio, your voice, your independent thinking. That's what is privacy means. That doesn't mean the privacy you are hiding behind the wallpaper. You are private. You are believer of privacy. That doesn't mean you are using a Twitter, man. Everybody is know. Your government know. Your DM and every activities know. You understand? Twitter is not a safe platform, and you are talking about the privacy. So you're telling me that the only thing that defines you is your profile picture. You can government. You, you are you are thinking is the government hiding behind me? Yes, absolutely. You are thinking you are hiding behind a wild paper. Government doesn't know about your identity. They know about you. Hold up. They are monitoring. How do you know, I'm not part of the government. Yes, absolutely. Oh, this is what I'm saying. This is this is what I'm saying. This is what I'm saying. That the SEC is a part of this manipulations and the tweets. You can see these these type of things. They are promoting their markets. They are promoting their markets by the Bitcoin spot ETFs. This whole drama is staged. Red, how are you doing? What do you think about the uh, SEC staging this whole um, market? Am I the only one who can't hear Red? I think your mic is muted. Ah, son of a bitch! Can you hear me now? Oh, there you are. There you are. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah, you're back. Yeah, I was on a I was on a Twitter space with the uh, Tank earlier when it was. Uh, when that first tweet dropped and watching the market over the course of the next few minutes was pretty crazy, but uh, somewhat unrelated, except you might find this interesting specifically with like in relation to Zeph, but like, I think it was a report about uh, like on or like order book liquidity for privacy tokens, like Monero and Zcash is at like multi-year lows um, and I think that's actually something that's probably going to be really good for those tokens uh, in the long term as far as like price appreciation. I'm, I'm curious what you think about uh, in relation to privacy tokens, like their available liquidity on centralized exchanges or like just general market depth for those tokens. So you're thinking like lower depth equals like more supply shock? Yeah, like when people realize that there are certain restrictions to things like Bitcoin. Um, you know, you want that additional privacy, the, the flock to, even if it's, you know, somewhat subdued rel- or just like much smaller, uh, yeah. the yeah, flock to Bitcoin. Theory I've had is that with CBDCs coming out in droves the next two years, um, are so many out experimental ones and also some in like partial deployment. There's like 50 of them worldwide or more um, happening at the moment. Um, uh, I think the privacy narrative will, will finally get its wings after so many years um, is my theory. We'll just have to see how that plays out. The general public is generally pretty stupid about privacy though. Um, Mm, operational security and other elements is not something that the average person really cares about. I would say most people, like probably 90% of people are more uh, really fundamentally couldn't care less. And I mean this in every sort of like way you can imagine, (laughs) like like they're just too stupid to care. Um, And, um, you know, when something bad happens to them, obviously they care then, but like anything preventative, um, they, they just, it's not on their radar. Mm. Yeah, privacy seems it's somewhat unfortunate that most people don't realize the value there until it's too late or something 
something happens to them, you know, in a negative way. Also, just the like programmable money equals programmable people ultimately. And um, CBDCs can be used for like um, deploying economic incentives, mass manipulation. Uh, basically, what I consider like the digital to or like the yeah, the digital totalitarian state or the the machine totalitarian state. Um, and this type of thing will just progress slowly, ever so sh surely. Um, and it, most of like um, the world will not be under sort of like general human control. Um, I, you know, to the extent that like a lot of our lives are um, the ebb and flow of our, our of our lives are being sort of like created arbitrarily by the internet anyway um you know when we say things go viral it's like you're what you're basically saying is that like mind virus is spread pretty quickly and um like we're sort of losing control of our agency to begin with anyway as far as like humans controlling the world but um when you build cbdc's and things like this um the the problem gets like eminently worse um will people sort of flock to privacy coins and chains or whatever as a result of this, I don't know. Um, but you'll notice that like when people make their list of narratives, they're like, oh, AI and you know, um, decentralized infrastructure and um, store of value and whatever, right? Like the, people come up with their narratives. Very few um, of those <clears throat> narratives include privacy and the amount of liquidity flow to privacy coins has always been relatively low for reasons that um, I think are distinctly human. There's something about it that, um, bothers people like haven't you noticed that like that there's just a distinct like complete non-caring for privacy for a majority of the population i think it's a fascinating uh like sociologic phenomenon that that happens yeah hard to like hard to pin it down exactly yeah i don't know if it's because we're you know social beings kind of at our core and we want to share experiences and so like Inherently, we have. Um, sorry, my dog's whining for me. Um, inherently, we want to like share things, but it is something that I've definitely uh, observed. And then you add in like the extra friction that privacy um, preservation tooling adds. Most people aren't willing to go through those hoops, at least right now. So if they don't care beforehand. I mean, a lot of people don't even have like a great email password, right? <laughs> so. Yeah, it, it's somewhat abysmal, like the level the, or the lack of care that uh, the general public has for security and privacy. I think at least like um, the likes of Google and um, Apple, um, when it comes to like creating smartphones, sort of embedded lots and lots of privacy features in. Um, you know, to, you know, make sure that your information is largely secure. Um, and for the most part, the average person's not going to lose a lot of sleep over their information with those services for the, you know, for the most part. Now, you know, they could be using that information for nefarious purposes. They could be using it to manipulate you with advertising, whatever, of course. But at the same time, like the average person gets a reasonable abstracted experience there. and. Um, you know, on the crypto side of things, like, mm, I mean, the vast majority of people just have no understanding of like what cryptography is, much less like what 
cryptocurrency is and what privacy coins might be. Um, the farther you go down the rabbit hole, the less, like the more fringe that you get. So if you'll notice like the Zephyr group, like people that are into Zephyr, um, whether it's in Telegram or Discord or whatever, um, it's definitely a more crypto native crowd for sure, which is interesting. Um, and from an investment thesis, it's like you get into these low market cap um, type coins that are proof of work that are sort of early, like early enough to where you have like some gains to be had. Um, you get the game chasers, and then you also get like the people that um, are legitimately hardcore, um, you know, crypto users. And then you, of course, get like some hardcore group of people that do actually care about privacy, um, et cetera. So it's like it's like this. If you think take the human race as like a Venn diagram, and you have like a total addressable market of all people that could use any type of coin, um, the like privacy tends to be a very small piece of that venn diagram historically so like me personally like as an investment thesis i'm like hey um i'm early enough if this you know if you can go to like a billion dollar market cap or something like that or one to three billion dollar market cap that's enough to make it useful and i think the monero crowd feels the same way like monero is like a three billion market cap and um you don't hear a lot of noise about monero like you don't hear people talking about it on online you don't hear hear anybody like posting the ticker or they're like buying Monero while it's low or anything like that. Have you noticed this? Like, um, this is generally true of secret, uh, network also. Like you don't hear a lot of people say anything about it. It's almost like the people that care about it, use it. And they couldn't care, give two fucks about whether everyone else wants it or not. It's really interesting. Um, I, have, I haven't seen any other crypto sector that's like this. How this token, you know, you say establish your privacy while your IP addresses, your metadata, everything is traceable. You know, this is why I think you need to also focus on your activities like your IP addresses and your metadata to, 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 to you know, to make it private. What you, I'm not sure what you're talking about, but like you could just you be like operation security type stuff, you know. Yeah. Yes, some I, I just want to mention like if you use VPN and the Reddit, Reddit still can track you and they will ban your IP addresses even after if you use VPN. So VPN is easily predictable for anyone, even for the governments. So one of the things uh, so, and, oh, sorry, go ahead. And you are, you are using Twitter, it's end-to-end -end encryptions. And the Telegram, also same things. So you cannot hide by the token. You are buying a private token. That doesn't mean you are hiding your activities from the governments. So token, whatever the token you buy, you also internet service provider and your IP address is generated. And they also keep this data from you. So... I just want to mention there is a large number of, you know, there is a strong a tools, privacy tools you need to establish your privacy. I mean, actual privacy. Yeah, this kind of makes me think about like, let's say, like you can't, it's, it's somewhat hard to accept a token like Monero for payment. Because generally, whatever business is accepting Monero wants to get it back to their local currency. Um, and, you know, it might be difficult for 
businesses to get access to centralized exchanges or ways to exchange Monero back to their. Uh, yes, yes, they will blacklist your wallet. What I they use Monero for, Red, I use Monero for, um, recently I uh, subscribed to Movad VPN, which is a pretty good service as far as like, um, they have tons of little mini um, servers or whatever that they use, and they kind of recycle those fairly frequently as far as IP addresses. Um, this is how you get like airdrops and shit or go to Reddit or whatever. <laughs> like, this is how you get to those places if you want to use a VPN. Um, and they accept they took no personal information your username is a token that they provide and you can pay for the subscription with monero so that like nobody knows um like that you are you are attached to that vpn in any way shape or form um which i thought was really cool so i actually used monero for this purpose and and paid for a few years worth of the vpn like all at one time so i get it out of the way and it's uh pretty effective I highly recommend it. M U L L V A D. It's working out really nicely. It's really nice. Like it doesn't have a bunch of bloatware and a bunch of stupid reminders and advertising and garbage. And, and they have a phone app that works quite nicely on iPhone and a desktop um, thing that worked quite nicely on uh, Mac that I use. Um, so yeah, it's like between that and Tor, like you're you're fairly uh, you're fairly obscured. I would say it would take it would be a it would be hard to find you if you're you know using like double vpn and whatever so as far as privacy concern it just depends on how aggressive you are with it and what your purpose of that privacy is exactly okay yeah. uh, sorry for interrupting i just want to say thank you very much for the spaces guys i hope you have a nice evening i hope you like, can get um, some sleep i find that uh both uh xmr and zef are both pretty useful in 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 the sense that like you can like bottom line is red like you get something with a relatively slow enough market cap it moons now you can convert to like zsd or whatever um it's still hidden and then you can go and like convert that to whatever you feel like wherever you feel like um using some small exchanges um you can send that out to like anything from like gift cards to whatever and you can kind of spend this stuff um and you can use it like other places in the world like there are some things like travel agencies and whatnot that take crypto. So you can definitely utilize these things um, without too much difficulty. And and having an obscure layer like uh, Zephyr or Secret or Monero or whatever um, allows you to do so without revealing the contents of your entire wallet or your, your wallet history, which I think is good. Yeah. Anyway. I guess I'm, yeah, I guess people wouldn't really be looking to spend Monero the same way people don't really I guess people don't really think about spending Bitcoin, right? Just like you don't spend gold or spend land or any other. Yeah. Any proof of work thing, you could argue like you could use it as a, a store of value and you can use it as a, um, like basically a commodity. Now you could make the argument that maybe it doesn't go up in value as much as BTC and therefore is like inferior because it doesn't, um, maybe quite keep up with inflation or something. But, um, Monero is a good example. Like, over the years, it's been putting in higher lows. So anyone that's had Monero, like any, like if you bought Monero in any of the bear markets, um, and you just held it, you're doing just fine. Like you know, it's a pretty decent store of value. Um, in fact, you're doing probably just as good, if not better, than owning gold, for example. And it's got the additional benefit of being private. So it's not bad. I guess with CBDCs coming, like. 
I mean, people will, I think there will just in general be another large wave of interest in, in privacy focused tokens, but I think there's going to be a particular interest in private stable coins. And so I'm really interested to see this yeah. sort of like related technologies around that develop like stable coin use in commerce is way easier theoretically than, <clears throat> you know, using stores about you. Yeah. So should be more efficient. So it's like kind of interested to see how that goes. Um, I, yeah, exactly. I know it's not, it, it, because it, like within the within the same ecosystem, you need to have a unstable asset that you believe is going to go up in value. That's going to function as an investment slash store of value, um, and then you have to have something that is going, which is fundamentally beats like just holding dollars as far as inflation. And then you have to have a stable coin so that you, at the very least, forget about doing any kind of like transactions with your stable. The very least, you have to have a trading instrument so that if you want to go in and out of your unstable asset and you want to do that in a DeFi space, you could at least do that, right? Like where Luna UST went wild was like, had they had there been only Luna in UST on chain and that's it, it would have been fine. It would have worked really well, um, at least for like a much longer time than it did. But when you export your stable to various like exchanges and for other purposes, that's where it get the drama begins. But on chain, um, if you have a stable and you're minting it with a reasonable um, over collateralization, and you use it like just as a convenience feature for your users that are in the state in the secret space, um, then it works just fine, right? Like you, like you don't have to have grandiose dreams about it, like being accepted all over the world, like Visa or some shit. Like you just have to have it useful as a trading instrument, yep. and the vast majority of users are going to benefit from it because that's like. The stable has been clearly one of those items that is has shown very strong product market fit with crypto users. Like you know the the size of Tether and um, and Circle and whatever in those market caps clearly demonstrate that. So we know the product market fits there for stables, and we know there's a product market fit for store of value, and we know there's like in the large Venn diagram of users, there's like there is a fit for people that want privacy. Um, but it's just been a weird thing that like, for some reason, privacy does not go viral. And I don't know why that is. I think like even the marketing around secret network, the word secret's kind of cool. Like it has kind of a fun, you know, kind of a neat little vibe to it. Like, but um, it's, it's not really clear what it is about. Maybe it's just the word privacy. Maybe it's just like red doesn't resonate in the brain well or something. I'm not really sure. Yeah. Um, there's something wrong with like, the the messaging around privacy and i'm not sure what it is maybe you have like thought about this i like, mean it's not something that's very tangible you know privacy is like a defensive thing right but it's not something yeah. you feel when you layer it on so to speak um this is why like this is why when i talk about zephyr as an example like to some extent you could tweet about there being a stable you could tweet about there being privacy and all this other shit but really, like 95% plus of crypto users, they don't give a shit about any of that. All they want is number go up. So like the, so the probably the correct choices, like you simply market the fact that number is likely to go up or, you know, whatever. People look at the price charts or whatever. And if they like it, they'll get it. And if they discover that, hey, ooh, there's these cool privacy features in there or, oh, look, there's this like stable coin in there. 
that can be useful. Okay, fine. But to me, all that other stuff is like not the reason why people are buying crypto. Like something like 95% of the crypto space is meme slash number go up. And the actual utility, like honestly, how many people are actually using most crypto that has utility? Very few, right? Like even think of the utility tokens like that you can buy like render tokens and render shit. You can get like Akash tokens and you can use them on uh, Akash network to use your, you know, cloud infrastructure, whatever, like what proportion of the people are actually active users of that? Like, I mean, you're talking about a slice of a Venn diagram that's so small that you need a microscope to like, you know, find those people. So really, really small actual user base for anything like crypto tech related. I actually absolutely agree with you because, you know, the 99% users, they don't care about these things. But at the end of the year, one or two years, when they receive a notice from the tax department for the non-payable of taxes, then they will figure out what the mistakes they have done. I don't want to, I don't want to unnecessarily add in here, but when we were talking about like <clears throat> use of private stables, uh, Sefi, have you heard about uh, Shade's integration with FINA? Shade's integration with FINA? FINA, what is FINA that? FINA wallet or uh, FINA cash. Um, definitely okay. suggest checking them out. They're a mobile wallet um, that was uh, primarily focused on uh, servicing secret network users, but now they provide connections and like wallet functionality for a bunch of different Cosmos chains. Um, but they also have a crypto debit card. And it's like very similar sort of uh, mechanics as crypto.com's card. Um, and we like shade is partnering with them and, um, they're going to be integrating silk as an asset that you can use, uh, to spend on the card. And it's anywhere. I think it's, I want to say it's visa that they're working with. Um, and right now I believe they're, they're licensed in the EU and they're going to be launching their, uh, like production card in Q1, I think. Um, so it'll be a really cool integration for like private stables to actually be used in commerce. Um, it's something a lot of people, uh, I think haven't picked up on also cause it's just going to be EU at first. Um, it's somewhat limited, you know, geographically to who can use it, but it's going to be really, really interesting. Uh, what's the, um, what's the current status, by the way, just as general level, like, um, what is the current status of like the team and like development, all those things when it comes to secret network, like on a scale of one to 10, like we're, we're like, is it guns blazing or like, where is everybody right now? I haven't kept the chain or are you just talking about like D apps? Just like in general, like, like what's the TLDR? Like what's the rundown on like how everything's going there? Just for my reference. Um, like what's your what's your like opinion about this? I would honestly say like I, I I'm pretty positive about the outlook of Secret Network in 2024. Um, I'm really positive about the outlook for Shade uh, in 2024 as well. I'm somewhat biased there, but um, yeah, I think that Fina is going to do really well. I think that Starshell is going to do really well. Starshell is another secret network focused wallet that's like 
for people who are hardcore privacy advocates and like really want to drill down on their privacy, Starshell is like your should be your go-to wallet. Um, and I think one of the big things they're going to be prioritizing in 2024 is supporting other Cosmos chains. And so when that happens, there's going to be like a serious, serious contender for um, like a very pro privacy wallet browser extension wallet that people can use um and also a mobile wallet um i believe they're on both the ios and android app stores um, yeah i'm super positive you know i'm focused on DeFi, uh DeFi stuff but overall i think that I personally think that privacy technology is going to get a lot more eyes on it. Um, I'm not sure if you're familiar with the UPA um, and kind of what they're working on. UPA is the Universal Privacy Alliance. Uh, no, what are they doing? So it's basically like a group of uh, different chains, dApps, uh, advocacy groups um, that are, <clears throat> you know, promoting and focusing on like lobbying for. Uh, basically privacy is a human right, uh, both in software and, and in, you know, okay. Yeah. Hold on. Let me see if I can, if you type in universal, privacy, they're not, they're not crypto specific then they're just like for software generally. Yeah. I, yeah. I would probably, you know, extend it to software in general. Most of the groups that are founding it are crypto groups though. Yeah, sure. Currently, Secret Network's uh, market cap is like 113 mil. Um, 24 hour trading volume is about 2.6 million. FDV, yeah, 120 million. Uh, total value locked is about 23 mil. So, yeah, like on the whole, like Secret's relatively small. Like, if you think about like Secret being a complex layer one and it's worth 113 million, and then you look at like Akash, which is worth like you know absurdly like 700 million or whatever it is um it's interesting how like wildly um mispriced so much shit in the market is in crypto yeah i mean most of that tvl on secret is shade minus like i would, I would imagine a thousand or something maybe sure yeah yeah i mean it's like just look at like uh, take a project like um let me pull up some of these um like take fetch ai for example which is basically like a like a pretty basic sort of like connectivity between like oracles and ai it's basically like an api connector sort of coin to make a long story short and it it's market caps like 680 million for example um yeah like and, and some of these things just ran on like narratives and stuff pretty much and uh what's interesting to me interesting to me is like it seems like um, it, it's hard to build a privacy narrative, uh, you know, and have it really take off. Um, and I'm not sure why that is, like I was saying before. Don't know. I think, you know, each, like each of the examples I could give, they're different. Like they do different things. So like mm -hmm. Monero performs a different function than like secret secret or secret network, which performs a different function than Zephyr, um, which is different than Zcash. And, you know, so each one of them is slightly different. I think for 
secret network, it, it has to be something like that's twofold, right? You have to, the, the network wants more developers to develop unique D apps, right? And then the D apps have to be able to tell their own story to their user base. Like a smart contract platform's users are D app users. Maybe you include stakers in that. I don't really personally. Um, yeah. But like Monero, your user base, like there are no D apps, right? It's just your holders. No, it's just yeah. holders. Um, yeah. And, and interestingly, Zcash, uh, yeah, Zcash, Dash, Monero, these kind of proof of work systems. The interesting about Zcash is that its price got wrecked. It's like 290 million market cap now. It was closer to 500 last time I looked. And I think some of it was dumped because of OKX Exchange delisted some privacy things. Um, it, I'm not sure why. Like maybe they're under the, they're under the microscope for some sort of, you know, who knows, North Korean shit or who the fuck knows. But like, um, yeah, it's like even the trading volume on Zcash is only like 52 mil for such a, um, uh, which is actually relatively high relative to its price, but it's like on the downtrend in, in the sense that people have been selling for some reason. So there's kind of this like fear for sure. Um, I think Dash crashed as well. Let me see what happened to it here. Now the general market's obviously down too, but like, Dash is another one that, like, yeah, caught a bid during last bull market. It was most popular during the 2018 bull market for alts. And then, like, right now, it's got, like, no attention whatsoever. Like, like almost every alt has climbed somewhat, right? And, um, and Dash is, like, down at 27 bucks and market cap's 320 mil. Um, again, relatively low trading volume. And um, so, yeah, the like the totality of the privacy space has kind of a minuscule market cap. I'm not really sure if like some of the various fans of these other uh, coins are some of the people who've been like hashing Zephyr or like maybe have moved to it. It's quite possible because like the hashing rate of Zephyr jumped above Monero and is staying that high on average, which is crazy for something that's only been out six months. Um, considering that Monero has been out since 2014. Right. Like it's a weird thing. But I think this the, what's been resonating, perhaps, is the ability to swap to a stable um, within a wallet. In like, let's say, like many exchanges got shut down and you wanted to be able to trade the damn thing to be able to swap back and forth to a stable is like a critical feature of most sexes and dexes outside of like bringing liquidity in and out. And I think that's part of the reason why, like the the sort of adoption has been um, seemingly. Um, like quick i could be just delusional too i'm not really sure but i'm skeptical however because as far as an from an, as an investor because like the privacy space has always had a hard time with messaging and i'm not like it's, it's not a dig on any particular um you know sector but for some reason like it like the privacy stuff is never pumped as much as like layer ones or as much as like bitcoin or ethereum or whatever yeah well it's also somewhat antithetical to have you know most of your trading activity for a privacy token be on a centralized exchange um, mm -hmm. and there hasn't really been up and uh, up until recently good options for you know acquiring xmr and i think even what like doesn't houdini swap still use like centralized exchanges to be able to facilitate i, I could be thinking of something there 
there's a swap for um, XMR and uh, I forget the name of the website off the top of my head, but it's an atomic swap system. It's not. It's like pretty centralized, but um, you can swap BTC for Monero, for example. Um, I when we talked to Chad Barriford with Thorchain, you know his his comment was like, if you gave the developers about a month or two, they could probably come up with a um, the the infrastructure to add it into Thorchain potentially as a way to um, provide like a decentralized system for this. But the way he described it is like, um, it's not really clear, clear that the community wants to attract that kind of like negative attention that regulators might point towards the chain. Since there's already some concern that like a decentralized exchange, you know, has no way of conforming to FinCEN rules and stuff. So it's like, um, you know, the community is not really sure if they want to attract even more attention by adding a pri privacy coin. But um, Thorchain has forks, um, like friendly forks like Maya and others. And uh, it's quite possible someone could actually build a, um, a like a Thorchain fork that had things like Shade and Secret and Bitcoin and... Um, maybe tether and perhaps zephyr monero things like that and um and then you could like swap between things and bring liquidity in and out because like there does not appear to be any way to really like make btc illegal so as long as you can get your bitcoin you can take that and get whatever you need with it um including privacy and uh what, what would be needed for that would be like a black box dex that nobody can shut down and um i, I think something like that can definitely be built from what he's described he said like ring, ring signatures and stuff can be incorporated it's just more difficult to accomplish I, can i can i say something in your, when you buy like privacy coin and you are transferred this token into the centralized exchanges then everything is, is worthless because you know how you can preserve your privacy in the no, centralized this is, exchanges. this is not true there's a lot of centralized exchanges you can use that don't have any kyc at all no, I don't think there is any. No, there is. You're just making that up. <laughs> like you're just don't ever assume that you know more than I do. First of all, <laughs> like it's a mistake. <laughs> I, I know a lot. So, I use one. First of all, I like, use one. I use one yeah. three times today that had no KYC. Three yeah, times. there's there's no KYC. There's one called no KYC. There is like you can use exchanges at like Mexi. There's um, Trade Ogre. There's Thorchain. There's lots of places you can go to um, transfer. When you establish the two-factor, the email authentications, they will send you uh, your IP addresses, right? On email. Yeah, but you can you can, you can, you can VPN through all of that stuff. Yes. So but you know the v v v VPN is VPN is easily traceable. So do you believe the VPN or Tor or no? Mixed like with a combination of VPN plus Tor, like. And a relatively obscure exchange, exchange that nobody's going to bother with. Like nobody's going to figure this stuff out. Like you're assuming that the government has infinite resources. They do not. Yeah, they don't care about. Um, check out Wanix if you're uh, if you want like a a normal like web browser that also utilizes Tor. It's pretty cool. I mean, unless and you're buying and selling missiles or some shit or whatever, like nobody cares. And you are going to cashing out, and you are going to collect your bank. So the the US has basically 3 million people showing up at the southern border every like every year now just showing up like they could be terrorists they could be anybody the government does not fucking have a clue what they're doing 
right? So this <laughs> assumption that they're going to care about your little little crypto transactions, they don't give a flying fuck about you or your transactions. And nor do they have totally the ability right. to police any of that shit. And I'll say that in a recorded That's space. Hilarious. The government's full of imbeciles. <laughs> yeah. so do, do, you, do you believe this, this P2P, the trade, you know, the person-to-person trade mm-hmm. is really effective? for the preserving your privacy because you know the p2p trade actually the money to like crypto or something like that this kind of things is untraceable you know yeah sure you are doing no it works just fine yeah like if you have like uh, someone that will accept any of your coins uh you can easily trade with them direct wallet to wallet no problem yeah dude i bought a motorcycle with eth uh, yeah a few weeks ago yes I paid for my VPN services with uh, with uh, Monero. Perfect example. So yeah, there's places you can use your coins. Like um, go to like uh, go to for example, um, what's it? Bidali dot. Uh, let me tell you the exact. Um, uh, one second. The exact um, URL here. Uh, one second. It's B I D A L I. Dot is it com? I believe so. Let me see. Yeah, Bedali.com. And um, you can go in there and um, you go into the Bedali app and it will allow you to get a gift card for practically anything with your crypto. Mm-hmm. So you can get like, I think, $1,000 or more at a time. And, uh, and there's other travel agencies and things you can use too, like Travala and some others. And you can basically like transmit and pay for your services and things that direction as well. So there's plenty of yeah, things that you you could potentially uh, do. Even, even today with the current technology, I transferred Monero over VPN to TradeOker and brought back uh, G-Link, which has ZK Snarks. And the, the probability of the government even noticing that or wanting to like try to yeah. fix it out is Near zero. zero. Near zero. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Like nobody gives a fuck about this. I mean, the reality but, is like like since cryptography emerged on smartphones, um, organizations like uh, FBI and others um, have been like b- really behind the curve as far as like fighting any kind of crime that is behind any kind of cryptographic wall. Um, you can get high grade encryption on apps on your phone any given day. Right. And you can communicate through all sorts of avenues on the Internet that are basically impossible to really like legitimately track. I mean, you could pretty much be on IRC for that matter. And it'd be very hard to like track exactly who's doing what. Like, it's not so much that someone couldn't find you if they really, 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 really tried. But like I said, unless you're selling missiles or some shit, right, like you're trying to blow something up. The reality is nobody has any the resources available to sort of like, you know, I mean, like in the U.S., as an example, like in general, like the pretty much the war on drugs is a perfect example where people might use illicit money um, has basically been lost. Like the war on drugs has basically been lost. Um, it's why I see a patient every other day dying of some drug problem. Um, it's like the, pretty much the government has largely given up on any kind of law enforcement for many of these type of things. And um, the thing is like cryptography on smartphones, you have to have it. Otherwise, like everyone including the politicians themselves would be hacked right so there's no way to put in back doors into smartphones into, into too much like depth that will be supported by government officials because they themselves won't actually be able to like 
function you know, at that point. Governments can't function like, without privacy. Yes, I just want simple. to say like, you know, you know, that things are going to change in next one or two years, right? Like, you know, government is going to going to take some robust approach and we have to prepare for these, you know, the centralized exchanges going to regulate it, every centralized exchanges. And I, I think the strong regulations is coming. They've already done all and that. That's already they the didn't done anything. They oh, no, didn't they, done anything. Oh, yes, they did. Like if you use any kind of US exchange today, um, all of your transactions are being um, automatically transmitted to people like the IRS and whatever, same as like Fidelity yeah. and other brokerages. I've got friends who have told me, yeah, I've got some pretty stupid friends who think that they're <clears throat> able to kind of get away from them. Like if you use any centralized exchange to trade, like guaranteed they are sending your information to the IRS. Uh, Absolutely. This is, this is what I am saying. If you trading something like centralized exchanges, they are guaranteed they are saying specific gain to state forward to the authorities. And in India, this is a really, you know, this Binance send these things to the our authorities, but still our authority ban Binance. India's broader problem is that it's run by imbeciles. This is the this is like a really big problem for India. It's like no, it's, it's caused generational harm to India. Like um, it's, millions it's of people left in poverty because the country is run by morons. Yes, and it's not simple the racism. They're literally morons. Like there's no two ways. Marco, I get a hop. But you have to know this. What's that? They, they follow the instructions of the authorities also. You know, United States don't, don't follow is shit. the main. The India's problem is, is that you have a gigantic group of people that are software engineers and whatever. And instead of like going pro software and pro crypto, where they could have actually created a gigantic industry there. Instead, they just like um, spin their wheels and they're just basically stupid. There's no other way, way to describe the problem. They're just inter stupid. International monetary laws and the FATF, everything is monitored. Everything is controlled by the United States. So, 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 so every country have to follow. No, this is not things. true. India is exceptionally moronic. This is simply fact. Like, there's no two ways about it. It has nothing to do with the U.S. or anybody else. Like, there's plenty of things that are done in the U.S. from a, from a, like a tech innovation perspective, et cetera. There, there's a reason why Indians leave India to go to the United States, right? Like, there, yeah, there's, yeah, a, there's a good solid reason for this is because India is run by morons. This is simple yeah, fact. Absolutely. Yes, absolutely. And, I am and not going to like, So the, 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 the reality is like uh, India could have been a solid hub for um, a much more like impressive hub for software and for yes. like crypto space. Yes, yeah, crypto tech space. in general. But instead what has happened is you'll notice like, um, you know, like Microsoft is run by an Indian. Um, yes. Google is run by an Indian. <laughs> like Pepsi is run by an Indian. Like the list goes on and on and on. And like half the employees of these institutions are Indian as well. And yet the the like the Indian government couldn't figure out a way to make a pro tech environment to keep most of the people uh, to stay. Yeah, they they figure out how to track you your wallet, and they will send you tax later, thirty percent. India is like one of the most corrupt governments on the planet. Like period, like it makes it makes America look silly. I mean, like it makes yes. it makes America look like saints by comparison. That's how bad India is. It's really kind of interesting. Yes, 
India is like, terrible is... at this stuff. Like just it's, it's like, just embarrassing actually. It's just basically yeah. it's like it's just bow your head in shame because it's so stupid. Yes, like, absolutely. You 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 are trading crypto like you know you are like a criminal. They treat crypto traders like a criminal. Yeah, well, 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 half the stocks on the Indian stock market are just nonsense too. By the way, no, so they, they that will not pump. like there's any. It's not like you're protected because you're in the stock market there either. No, no, that will that will pump. You know, because there is a there is a bigger game on you know, on this side. Because your your country is like you know the funding the funding is coming from the United States, and the election is coming. Election is coming, and you can see this Chinese fund. You know, Chinese funds going to shifting. To the Indian market, and it is automatically started. You know, already started, mm. and Indian stock exchanges already crossed the four trillion dollar market cap. So you can assume there is a still. It's you. You can treat treat like a meme coin. You know, Indian stock market, and something like five x six x return you can get. I don't know about five x six, but Bruce, my uh, Astroport tokens are mooning. Did you notice that? Nice. Would you like to know a secret, Seth? Yep. Mm, which secret? I'll I'll DM you it. Okay, it's like a hush hush thing, huh? Um, yeah. Hopefully, everyone has their Astroport bags packed. Because up up and away it goes for some reason. I don't know why. Something happened today. Everything else sort of in the toilet, but except for Astroport, just noticed that. Uh, Camila, what are you up to? Anything interesting? Hi, Sefi. Hi, everybody. I just wanted to, going back to the Seth. Uh, argument do you think that maybe what's needed is some some marketing initiatives in order to to make it take off uh i don't know i don't think so like um first off you want early investors to be crypto native super nerds who are going to hold till like the end of time so like the type of people that come in doing that don't come in for marketing like they come in from more organic discovery. So a lot of people that discovered Zephyr were like miners, proof of work people, and all of these kinds of crowds, right? So like, I don't think you need any of that, like, you know, retail pump type stuff in this type of thing. Like the hash rate speaks for itself. The fact that it's hash rates like exceeding Monero now, uh, to me is enough to say that like people are interested. Um, and the thing is, like, we're early enough, we're like, you know, uh, like, if it gets to a billion market cap or whatever, it's useful for most of us. It doesn't need to be gigantic. And that's an important thing, too. It's like, if you have to have something giga moon to make it useful, then like it's, it, then it's a problem. I think it's fine. I'm not too worried about it at all. Um, okay. And, and looking at Monero, so um, the people that, that has uh, hold Monero for, for so long, since mm-hmm. 2014, they're basically like hardcore holders of Monero, right? They haven't sold much. Yep. So, like you know, uh, back in 20 like 16 ish, um, like when Monero first came out, uh, it actually didn't really pump or anything. It was like um, this is back in like if you go back in Coinbeck, get go to like 2014 May, it's like two dollars and forty seven cents or something. And then it doesn't actually do a giga pump until sort of Bitcoin does its big run, like in uh, you know 2016, 2017, and then it kind of follows suit at that time. And then it peaked out like at um, I don't know what the how high the market cap was at the time, but it was like back in 2018 sometime. It was like 
um, 500 bucks or something like that. And then it pumped again one more time, like one big pump in 2021. Um, didn't beat its previous high. And then it kind of like hung out at like 155. So imagine like we're like at Zephyr right now, we are down at the like when, you know, Monero was like worth a dollar or something. And um, even after all that pumping and dumping, it's worth $155 now, right? So like if you didn't care what the price was and you bought it early, you, like if you're early enough, you can make any number of mistakes in terms of trading errors or whatever. You just don't, doesn't, just doesn't matter. So that's the way you want to think about something that's such a low market cap. Don't worry about it too much. It'll be fine. Like it'll, it'll catch a bid whenever and it will run just like anything else. Um, yeah. Well, do you think some of these I'm... holders, some, some of these Monero holders will eventually sell and, and buy Seth? I think some people already have. Um, I think that's why the hash rate's kind of skyrocketing. I think miners have moved, same like CPU miners, and I think some people have maybe sold their Monero and bought some. It's quite possible because um, it works on RandomX um, algorithm, right? It's the same thing. So whether you own this or whether you own Monero, like you know, it may not matter at that point. So it's quite possible to some of the same crowd because the privacy crowd is like a niche cult crowd, like that. Um, like when Red was here earlier, we were talking about that. Like, I don't know. Like most people don't even ask about it. Like how many people that do you know that is, have asked you like, oh, what privacy short coin should I own? Like, yeah, that question has been asked zero times by zero people. Nobody cares. So I think it's really like these are one of those elite club type coins where only certain people want it and care about it. And that's fine. Yeah. And, and when you speak about the hash rate, can you, can you please explain – What's the comparison that you do between Monero and Ceph? I mean, what's what's going on with the hash rate and how does it work? So hash rate simply like this, like how many times you are doing calculations to uh, get a mining reward, right? You know how mining rewards work? Yeah. So like right now, like on my two PCs, I'm mining like four or five Ceph per month. Okay, so that's those rewards I'm getting in the mining pool or whatever. And um, really, like, what's happening there is, like, the hash rate total, like, meaning all the computers that are doing this, have gotten to the level of Monero um, in terms of, it's the same exact algorithms. You can actually compare them apples to apples. It's reached the exact same hash rate as Monero, and it's just, like, slowly exceeding it. And Monero took, like, since 2014 to get to this level. And this has done it within six months. That's, I think, the intuition. So somebody cares about this, um, either to just mine it for spec mining, speculative mining, or they actually believe in the project or whatever. And uh, to some extent, price follows hashing power because what does a like high hash rate tell me? It tells me the the network is secure, and then if I put a bunch of money in this thing, it's not going to go to zero. That's generally what it tells me. Price price follows hashing power. The bigger your bags are. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> like, the well, higher you can... It's difficult to, to mine um, Ceph, right? It's what? Not difficult? No, you just can use any computer. It's CPU mine, which is good, because then it's decentral it's more decentralized that way. Okay. Camilo, yeah, do you want to like... know, know why Ceph is a good, good investment? Yeah. Because it'll make my bag go up, that's why. Because... Because over the next two years, 
people like you will continuously come into spaces with Sefi and he will convert every single one at a rate of about 10 people per space. And if you do 10 times 365, you're getting 3,650 times to 7,000 plus the network effects of that, <laughs> yeah. uh, plus people who listen passively to you being converted. Uh, he'll probably single-handedly convert about 100,000 people as he did with Luna. No doubt. So it's like, if, if you feel like you're a, a victim or Sefi's prey, then rest assured that many, many other people have felt the same way and will be inside his mouth. I'm a victim, but I, but I realized like he's going to do it to everyone. So that's why but I Bruce, it. like the number of, the number of people, like, um, I sort of like on social media circles, like, uh, talked about Bitcoin too, must've been like in the neighborhood of hundreds of thousands. Mm, easily like and then there's the the butterfly effect of them telling their friends and then telling their friends right so it's, hey don't repeat what i've said so I, like you're you're a good predator I agree. i'm a i'm a crypto hardcore like like i make the the laser-eyed freaks look like um like uh they're not even like half the autist in this sense like, mm -hmm. <laughs> like well, i've been doing well, this a long time to be a good to be a good evangelist you need a, a combination of skills yeah. And one of those skills is like a, a compulsive obsessiveness that you have down quite well. Um, it's the same in almost any domain, like any logical domain as well. Yeah, like, other um, people have like a ritual in the morning. Um, yeah. I like post shit about crypto every morning. You've been, you've been going solidly with your stock price charts for the last year, no matter what. And whatever. <laughs> yeah. You'll do the same with this, um, yeah. almost like obsessively. And probably cover the same topic three thousand times. Yeah. I have more how of many, a love. How of many teams have that, by the way? Oh yeah, almost none. Right. Um, <laughs> I get like I get I get bored quicker than you. Like the same time, like when I have to explain something three times, maybe I, I'm like, Ugh, I, I have to quit. You have a you have a way of. I just think it's because I have to, I've explained stuff like that I understand like over and over again for like generations, right? So it's like I'm used to that sort of thing. Mm. Yeah, I think you're you're wired a bit differently for the kind of compulsiveness that can take something to very high prices. Yeah, it's kind of silly. Um, another another question, uh, uh, changing of subject, but uh, being completely honest, what was the price that you managed to sell your Luna a few years ago before it was like going down to zero in in a few hours? Nobody will be honest about these kind of things. I think Bruce It'll, got wrecked because he got stuck staked, right? Weren't you staked? I, I also got wrecked completely. No, nobody will, will be honest about anything like this because um, they're aware that as a, a social entity with a, with a Twitter page, uh, they want to appear as somebody who always wins, right? Because yeah. that's like your status and your investment in, in your social power for the future. No, so you'll but, find but a I very remember... extraordinary amount of people who actually have lost. <laughs> I've like... Th through sheer luck like the like i bought that y luna and i like like used all of my luna and like what is it y luna you know the yield bearing prism token so like it was actually liquid during the crash i mean i, ha I lost a lot in the sense that like the price dropped and then like i had to pay like 15 percent slippage fees on that prism exchange but like i was able to exit reasonably well but that's purely by luck alone. Like normally, like dApps and things, like when you use derivatives, the risk is higher. 
in this instance, like during the crash, it was actually liquid. And then the other thing is I got the actual Luna airdrop too. So like the snapshot pre-crash included Y Luna holders. So I got the snapshots. So I have that sitting around still. So it actually got kind of lucky. Partly, um, did you know this, Bruce? Like Hyperion is launching um, a prison token and chain soon. Um, like I, do, yeah. I might throw some money at them just because they saved me from the uh, from the terror crash to some to large extent. <laughs> so like I might just throw a bunch of money at their uh, their chain like when it opens or something. I don't know. We'll see. But I think they're opening relatively soon because they're in testnet now. So I'm not sure when that's going to happen. But yeah, the, all, all sorts of like crazy ass Luna wreckage. Um, I was also fortunate in that, like, the only thing I cared about in Luna was um, Luna. Like, I did not care to hold UST. I didn't care to get like yield on Anchor and all that shit. Um, so, fortunately, I didn't have um, any UST during the death spiral. It was all Y Luna, which was nice because, like, that was actually fungible where I could get rid of it. Some people got really luck unlucky, Bruce, because they had um, they had like mostly P Luna. Did you know that? Like on, on anchor, no P Luna, like the so prison protocol allow you oh, to yeah, split your prison. Luna into like P Luna and Y Luna. And some people, like, you know what happened, Bruce? The airdrop calculation, yeah. uh, they did, but my head's gonna be Luna holders. Cover it again. Yeah, they got they got wrecked, um, because they held the wrong version of it or some shit. Stupid. There were people who, um, were very unfairly rewarded to like, yeah, um, people who had excessive looping. Uh, in B Luna, like the the whole anchor looping strategy and stuff, uh -huh. um, got excessive amounts because they got uh, they got Luna airdrop for the B Luna. Like there were people who liquidated at about seventy dollars uh -huh. who got airdropped a fuckload um, yep. because their original stash was what mattered. Yeah, like that's the true. Remy Toto guy got like extreme amounts, even though he was degenerate enough that even the like he didn't liquidate during the death spiral. He liquidated way before at about $60. That's one of the strangest stories of the meltdown is the Remy Tato saga. Well, he was a scumbag as well. Like for sure. Was he really? Um, because I tracked his wallets early on. Um, and he was, he was shilling Astro and then dumping it like an hour later, doing stuff like that all the time. Um, and then uh, I think a lot of people wanted to get rid of him on the committee. Um, because of his like real like <laughs> sloppiness and unprofessionalism, but he was a a pure like degenerate guy. Like he he literally sold several houses to buy Luna, and then went full looping on it, such that he would liquidate at about seventy dollars, um, and then more than that was doing like scummy shilling and stuff. As well, in, he was uh, he was working using his for, power. He was working for Raul Paul um, on well, the, that's the point, yeah, but his he, TV he did, channel thing. He did a load of um, stupid stuff. Uh, so, I think, like, like on... it, don't you feel like he just sort of like he wanted to be like his boss, like the billionaire, and so he just went full DJ and like you only live know. once type of thing and went fucking crazy. I don't know, but anyone who, um, as somebody who was like browsing around at wallets and stuff and seeing what people were up to, mm. um, like I, I got his wallet sort of by accident because I, I ended up giving him something. And then I just tracked it. <laughs> so, but but I realized he was doing some scummy shit. Like he was posting about Astroport, like shilling it hard, and then uh -huh. exiting like an hour later, like with the with the pump, you know, like stuff like that. Oh, he was he doing a lot do of that like stuff. He just shill pumps and then sell and stuff. 
Yeah, and um, and he had a lot of followers and shit because he was well, he the, has the point, Raul Fal- Raul point, Well, followers. not just that, but he had LFG power. Oh yeah, right? there's that too. So he used he used the status of um, being a shot cooler or somebody deeply associated with TFL, like on that committee with with the other six people. Um, if to, someone to had take asked advantage. me if I wanted to be on that LFG thing, I would have said, "Fuck no, there's no way I'm gonna touch <clears> that shit." <laughs> it's like. Yeah. yeah, Remy was one of the ones on that. I'm pretty sure. I think you're right. Well, I mean, they did it for like a dope one blessing or whatever. Um, but yeah, bad news. But don't you think that Anchor Protocol had also something to do, like inside job or something? Who knows? But um, yeah. the the point I was making there was that even though Remy liquidated, I think he liquidated mostly at seventy and then some at fifty five or so due to mega looping and, and high LTV or whatever. Um, and But then he got a ginormous airdrop because he got all of his B-Luna uh, recompensated, right? As Luna, um, which is okay. But didn't, but, he, like, but didn't he like lose a bunch? Because didn't he buy kind of relatively later than us? I don't remember when he bought into Luna. Well, I'm, I'm just saying like everything but being I, equal. He was, I, don't he was know re- that he re- I don't know that he came out ahead though, necessarily. No, I'm not saying that. I'm saying everything okay. being equal, he was rewarded for his risk rather than punished for it. Mm. Which is kind of ridiculous. Like it's because the the airdrop was done so quickly, these kind of things didn't like um he wasn't a person who got destroyed down to zero. He liquidated at seventy dollars. And that's a very different category. That's irresponsibility rather than system failure, right? Right, right. Especially if he just like giga looped and stuff. Yeah. No, yeah, there was some, some hardcore degening going on in Ontario. Like w- when you heard some of the stories of what happened to people, you're like, you did what? Like you did what with your money? Why? It's like, uh, and, you know, I'm like, I'm getting nervous because I'm like, um, you know, like uh, borrowing off 10% of my Luna and then worrying about getting liquidated and stuff. And I think the reason I got paranoid very early in that ecosystem was because of that. Remember the DPEG happened back like in 2021? I think you and I got in at the same time, like right when that first DPEG happened. Um, I was in the ecosystem. I didn't have that much Luna at the time, like when I first started. And then I was playing around and playing with Anchor and just fucking around. And then like this like DPEG happened. And then you had this like big time deleveraging situation where the price of Luna dumped from like 20 to $5 or something, 25 to 5 and right around then, I, I kind of went in heavy. And um, and what I noticed during that time was like the entire chain would get locked up. Like you, you're trying to go and do some transaction on Anchor, or you're trying to like um, you know manage your LTV or some bullshit, and you're and and you couldn't do anything really. And I didn't have that much internet at the time, so it didn't really like you know I would be fine either way. But um, but the lesson I learned from that was not to do too much like leveraging shit in 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 DeFi because the exact moment that you're going to want to do something with your loan to value ratio is the exact moment you won't be able to get on chain to do it because it's like the traffic is too high. And so I was always pretty conservative and I and I was like quite surprised at how degen people were being with their money and how much they were pouring in and then like how much leverage they were taking on. The whole thing was just insane. Mm. I, I I needed the the lesson in crypto. Like I didn't understand anything when I started. Um, mm, yeah, had literally well, zero knowledge up until. But really, like, like DeFi though, I wasn't ago. really playing much at all. I didn't do anything really substantial in DeFi till Luna. Like I had largely sat out 
the Ethereum like major pump. I bought some Ethereum like under a hundred bucks and it's sitting there. But like I never I think like that year that it dumped, there was a friend of mine that said, Oh, I'm buying ten million dollars worth of Ethereum. I'm like, oh really? Like why? And they're like, oh, because it dumped to whatever. I'm like, it's down 97%. He's like, exactly. And that's when I bought it because he bought some. And then like that's the last of it. I never actually got into the Ethereum ecosystem. I never like played on whatever Ave and all the different things people talk about. Um, and it was like my first like major DeFi experience um, outside of just holding Ethereum coins or whatever was um, was Terra. So like I was sort of learning at the same time you were in that sense. Um, and uh, but yeah, like that early dump was the, that first lesson i was like wait a minute like <laughs> this chain is like pretty fast but like when everyone's on it at one time it's like you can't manage anything on these things and um you, you have that's why like um taking on too much leverage on chain is just silly unless you're just willing to lose that money which is fine i guess if you go small but yeah like like i think you and i have both figured out like it doesn't make sense to like go into these ecosystems and take on leverage within those ecosystems because like the systems can't really handle it. And, um, it makes a lot more sense to get maybe like your leverage might be more like sane if it's just some small market cap thing that's likely to pump than it is to go into some DeFi ecosystem thing and then try to let take leverage on something, deal with the smart contract risk and deal with the, the chain halt risks and whatever else bullshit. Um, there's just this chain of issues, like these list of issues that happen and, uh, people don't really get, understand what they're getting into usually. Um, I think the, like getting into smaller cap projects that look promising seems more interesting to me. It's like faster. Mm. I think the obvious time to dump everything was when they came out with the LFG stuff. Yeah. Yeah. Well, that's you- like direct. It was weird cause it was pretty much a direct admission that the system wouldn't hold as it was. Yep, that's exactly what it was. Like it was just over direct admission and and 95% of people weren't willing to acknowledge it. Quite weird <laughs> when you think about it. Yeah, I mean, there were, there were really numerous was. red flags to me that like I know I should have just simply acted upon them. And instead I was like, eh, you know, like I think part of it is too is like I felt like almost like an obligation in a sense, to kind of ride it out just because like, you know, I've been in the ecosystem for, a, you know, a couple of years and like, I knew a bunch of people in the ecosystem and I wanted all their projects to succeed, right? Like it's became like a, like a bias that, um, you know, a definite bias, like, an, like I liked the people and the everybody involved. And so like, you don't really mm-hmm. want everyone to have a bad outcome. And so that makes you make decisions that are very different than what you'd make otherwise. Like, we don't have any fucking clue what a chain does or a token does. You have no actual connection to it. Yeah. You'd be totally unemotional about it. I, I experienced that mainly after the crash. Like, uh, mm-hmm. in, I mean, you were as well, like talking about Luna, like what went wrong, sort of defending Doquan, starting the Lord Doquan stuff and talking about Luna to, mm-hmm. to lunk people and how it's useful and all this stuff. Um, that like pretty much all of that was like some sort of loyalty to the old community because in reality our bags were worth like a couple dollars <laughs> like at that <laughs> stage yeah. right yeah 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 um if it you made no real have, sense if you actually were stuck yeah completely yeah it wasn't worth very much so That's, and a lot of people the, got yeah were mostly staked because you know like staking was considered the lowest risk thing you can do in the ecosystem like that's usually how it works and so most people that were being fairly conservative 
like Nacho Don made a good point about this, um, as he sometimes does. Um, the other day when he's like, yeah, the people that got wrecked the most are the people that believe in the chain the most and actually had staking, like staked it and everything. Mm. Pretty interesting. There's one of the, the, the first lessons for me was like, never stake, never, ever stake. Never stake. <laughs> that's one of my first crypto learnings from getting wiped out. <laughs> yeah. Although there's some coins that like, you shouldn't own them at all if you don't stake them. Um, like an example of that is Adam, like you're getting diluted away so aggressively that if you don't stake it, it's like, don't even bother buying it. Like, no, no, but like, but like liquid stake or something, right? Like yeah, something. Yeah. Oh, sure. Sure. Know. Although, but liquid staking adds additional risks, right? Like there's some kind of smart contrast and you, you never know what the fuck's going to happen with those things. So, you know, so it's not like it, those are not zero risk either. Um, so yeah, I mean, they, and exactly the moment that things go wrong is when your liquid stake shit's going to depeg. So that's the other problem. Um, so yeah, I think it's like if you have a high inflationary token, take for example Adam, and you're not holding it because you want to dilute everybody else, and you take the um, like the income rewards or whatever, then you really shouldn't actually own it at all. Um, and that, so there's some lessons about like like what tokenomics fit with like a person's personality and they're like what they're going to do with their fucking coins to make them like <laughs> some coins you just shouldn't touch for whatever reason. But the thing is too, it's like, um, like I like this idea of like smaller caps that are in your head. You're already in the mode of like, they go to zero or infinity, right? Like, like I think you talked about this with rune for a perfect example. Like either it does really, really well, or it does really, really terrible at some point because some bad event happens. Um, and as long as you're like committed to that mentally, you're okay. Like, do you still have a strong, uh, like a high proportion in, within rune or do you have like, um, yeah, like, yeah, I have a reasonable amount. Um, I'm not sure it's, I guess it's consolidating or whatever. I got a bit freaked when they banned privacy coins. Cause I guess rune is sort of, uh, within the, the, the gray overlapping Venn diagram of, of that as well. Yeah, and privacy is not entirely banned yet. It's not that. It's just that what's happening is is that like I think law enforcement peoples are going into Binance. They're going into some of these exchanges to track down, I don't know, who the fuck knows, North Koreans and other extortionists and stuff. And when they dig into them, then they're sort of getting into all this stuff. And they're like, okay, you know, what privacy coins did you do? And da, da, da. So I think what it is is scrutiny right now. And it's not fully, these things aren't banned. Because even in the US, like I think Kraken has Monero and stuff. So, but yeah, there's definitely, um, people that are spooked and yeah, the, the, the Thorchain system is like, has at least some features that are reminiscent of what you can do with like a tornado cache basically. So there's that potential scrutiny too. Um, but not only that, but like Thorchain could still stuff suffer from like a hack or something. It's not completely out of the woods there either. So it's one of those, it's like, it's an infinity or zero for this reason. Um, something bad happens and your coin price is going to get affected for sure. So I don't know, it's pulled back pretty good now. It's like not a bad buy now, though, if you, if you believe in the system. For Rune. Midas, what are you doing? I like Midas' as a NFT project, like Lutopian mm. stuff before the crash. Do you like the way I've, I've reeled Midas back into crypto? Manipulated him back. Yeah. Well, it's a good thing he's, hopefully he's being successful. Hey, what's up? I'm at the beach right now. 
I'm about at to celebrate beach. my birthday. Yeah, tomorrow's Happy my birthday. birthday. Ooh. Yeah. So I came to the beach and about to go to the restaurant and just have some dinner. Just wanted to hop in and say hello to everybody. Have some fun. Uh, love harder. Follow Bruce. Coach Bruce is the Lord Bruce Kwan. And follow, yeah, follow Steve. <laughs> Lord Bruce yeah, Lord Bruce Kwan. Don't you know that? Oh, the, there, there was something <laughs> very funny that happened to me today. I was at the airport, and uh. I was eating some tacos, and suddenly the song, you know, the Pump It Up song started playing, and that was like two minutes before the SEC tweet. So it was like a, like a sign, you know, a sign from the stars. The song comes on, Bitcoin pumps to like 47 by 8 or something. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah a bunch I of shorts get liquidated. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> that was fucking funny. But anyways, guys, um, see you tomorrow. Um, I'm off. Just wanted to say uh, follow Lord Bruce Kwan and follow Lord Civic Kwan and all the Kwans in the world. And have a good day, guys. Love you. See you later. <laughs> Happy birthday. That's funny. Thank you. yeah it's interesting like yeah what happened with that is that like i guess that sec thing went out or something and then next thing you know people aped in and it liquidated the short positions for btc so like now the funny thing is like the longs were already liquidated last week and the shorts were liquidated now so now it's kind of in this holding pattern of like i don't know i'm not sure what's going to happen next because there's no like direction now before the presumption was like up because like there's these shorts that um, would would get taken out, but now it's like back to gray area again. Anyway, pretty cool. Mm. If anyone else would like to come up, um, I feel I feel claustrophobic only speaking to Sefi. Makes me feel uncomfortable and creeped out if anyone else would like to come. Yep. Oh, Rebel Soy, what are you guys up to? up everyone else is doing something interesting today any alpha going on um what's on your what's on your mind outside of crypto lately um, i've been doing like so i was working like three four weeks straight and so now i have uh i'm like relaxing today doing kind of nothing um just when i'm hanging out here playing with my computer and eating and stuff <laughs> so not doing too much this week today i've got to like i've got to schedule some more robot procedures and things mm. like training or using kind of yeah like you have to do a certain number that are like supervised by the oh like supervised company. surgery yeah because like just to kind of get you comfortable with the tech and you know mm -hmm. just get the the motor memory kind of settled in so there's like three of these things you got to do with uh, some company rep and like a doctor they bring from another city and stuff. And then they kind of supervise you. It's a little bit more difficult because now you have to like base your schedule based on when they can show up, which makes it even like harder than usual. So yeah, you have to do like three of those. And then afterwards you can go like have at it yourself. It's not too big of a deal. Nice. Yeah, they're pretty interesting. I think like, the the tech for this stuff is um like there's no question like this is going to be the future like when you look at what you can do it's like um 
it doesn't make sense to go backwards from here. Like regular, um, it's going to be interesting too. Like how do you train people to do normal operations and things when more of these things become robotic because like eventually people aren't going to want the non-robotic version because it's so much safer and so much more effective. It's um, kind of weird though, right? Because like, um, do all these things have to be disconnected from the internet? Um, uh, I don't know. Like, not yeah, they're not connected directly to the internet while you're using it. I don't think because um, mm. there's a there's a sort of a like the two things are ascending at the same time. Our ability to use these things to do um, either either to, for them to autonomously work or for us to be centaurs, which is like a chess term for cooperating with with mm -hmm. um, computers or robots or whatever. Um, yeah, uh, but at the same time, the the fact that it's so digitally hooked in to the network or the internet means that like hack potential is pretty high. It's kind of weird, right? It's like, it's like you let, let's say um, AI is a thousand times safer at flying a jet. Your fear now becomes, will it be hacked? Right? Like it's, right, it's kind of right. weird. There's this weird, weird, like simultaneous risk ascension at the same time. That's kind of hard to get around. Um, think yeah, about that a lot. It's like, hang become, on a minute. The stakes become bigger and bigger too. It's not like someone gets into your personal email or something, which could be bad. Well, everything at the same time, right? Like yeah. any, any, like any, um, any half intelligent person when ChatGPT came out should have realized that you typing stuff into ChatGPT all day is far worse than than having your password leak, right? <laughs> yeah. I made I made some tweets like right when that came out, I was like, when this thing gets hacked, it's going to like destroy so many people, so many corporations. Like there's gonna be employees of corporation uh, writing stuff into ChatGPT, like try to convince this client of so and so and and make sure to specifically not mention xyz yeah. you know <laughs> like really every machiavellian kind of every stuff. machiavellian intention yeah and, uh, and writing and everything you've ever written to your girlfriend like will be exposed <laughs> right you get some horrible stuff happening um so yeah it's it's kind of weird it's like yeah you have a tool you have the advantage or you have um, theoretically superior safety, but at the same time, the inverse is that all of the data could leak, or the system could be hacked and compromised um, when it's beyond human control, which is even more risky, right? It's like a weird simultaneous ascent of both the safety and the risk. Yep, and the like, the risk becomes more and more obscure because like. Things that behave human, human beings have a tendency to trust explicitly, like without question. Like this thing seems nice. So like it's that, that's how that's how the more like the nicer the user interface is, the more the like uh, personal the user experience becomes, the more trusting you naturally are to other things that behave like a human. Like that's just your natural instincts to be nice. Mm. And it's going to be your natural instincts to be nice to these things. and. Um, I, I can just imagine these um, these wildfire hacks happening, where like a, a certain vault of emails or something is compromised, 
And then because of the ability to learn from all of the content of all of the emails, it just like spreads out rapidly. Do you know what I mean? Like, like um, in the past, it was sort of a one by one hacker thing. But with AI, like AI co-piloting the hack, you can, you can spread wildfire like crazy, in my opinion. And the ability to socially engineer and other stuff. Oh, just, yeah. There's some sort of, like, I think one day we'll wake up and there'll be such a prolific hack. It's almost unbelievable. It makes me want to buy a property, by the way. <laughs> I, think, I, think, um, I think there'll be a hack where, like, it hits such a ridiculous amount of people in crypto um, that it, it'll be almost unfathomable. Or just not just crypto, but just, like, general financial markets. Well, I mean, just, yeah, just as an example, though. Because like, people, like, as an ex- like, take, for example, um, there were some that argued that, um, like, in some ways, like, you know, the Osama bin Laden 9-11 thing, like, it didn't make sense on its face fully, unless you say, wait a minute, hold on. Like, if you know that you're going to perpetrate some sort of attack, and you know that even if it fails, it's going to make stock markets go down, then who's to say that, like, the people that did the thing didn't go and, like, I don't know, short the markets all over the world or something like that and profit from this thing. Now imagine taking, so like, like let's assume that what I just said is like not true and none of that shit happened. But let's say in the future, you have AI doing monkey business um, where, you know, you could basically know that like the AI is going to initiate some large scale thing and then create like an insider trade that's associated with that thing. Oh, there's loads of things. Like, yeah. It seems like it'd be very, very like highly profitable to manipulate markets on a global scale of, in this type of thing. Now, this happens all the time. It it's happens all the, the time in Bitcoin. The black like, hole thing. Yeah, this kind of thing is pretty common, like general widespread market manipulation. This is the reason why like SEC wasn't wanting to approve BTC ETFs and stuff. They're like, hey, this market's too illiquid. You have a few players like FTX or whatever fucking around that's driving the price of this thing and blah, blah, blah. And um, it's got to get to a certain scale before we're going to approve it because like, the amount of global manipulation in these markets is like obscene with like Binance market making the whole thing or whatever. Um, but like um, take what like Sam Bankman Free did and just replace AI doing it instead. And that's pretty much what you get. Um, yeah, really, really interesting orchestrated um, pump and dumps and stuff, especially like think about like how we decide to buy coins. Like you're like, Oh look, there's a lot of social activity going on for XYZ token. And um Oh, look, there's some YouTube videos happening. And like, that's how people like just converge on some coin. Oh, you have to imagine like all of those sort of like coin pumpers are sitting there coming up with schemes to use AI to do this. Like the economic incentive is too high not to, not to try. Um, and to the extent that like already anyway, YouTube algorithms and TikTok algorithms, shit, that stuff is just like computer algorithms waiting to be hacked, not hacked, but like. The people that understand those algorithms know how to use them to their advantage better than those that don't. But you add AI into the mix and it makes that stuff way easier um, to, to accomplish. Is, is um, ChatGPT different than YouTube in terms of the data it stores? Like how does, I know that YouTube probably stores all of the, well, I know they do, it's all, their algorithm. But how is it different, do you think, Sefi, and in- GPT is basically like a state engine. It doesn't really store much of anything. 
like it's not learning from its users or anything to any significant degree apparently i thought it did though like i thought it stored all your user data and all your sessions and everything like everything that you put into it like bruce was talking about oh like okay like no but that that data is not then flowing back to gpt to be used for anything like it's not being used as training data necessarily um, now, some of the secondary AIs that people have built, they've actually used like GPT's responses as training data to train like a much smaller large language model. So that's been done. But like your data being used with like in terms of use of GPT right now is not like the most critical thing at the moment. Because I was trying to figure out like how would because if everybody's throwing all this data into it every single day, right? And right. I know that there's all and there's all this important information, like Bruce is saying, like companies are there's employees that are sharing confidential and stuff that isn't shouldn't be shared in these systems, and eventually somebody's mm -hmm. going to get into it and use it. But like, there's, how there's would the AI be the hack of the century? Exactly. But how would they parse it? Like, how would they? How would the AI know? Like, hey, this is Bob, you know, Bob whatever's um, social security number, and he's a he's a very important person, and this is how we're going to utilize it. Like, how does it know to utilize what information versus? Like a, a coder is going to have to code that, right? Or someone's going to have to like give it the logic to know like how to sort and yeah, distinguish just, what is just, important versus not. It's just information, a centralized place and like easy. Same way. Yeah. Same and and it's just a big information text. vault. And, and you would have emails associated with each one and whatever else. Yeah. yeah, yeah. It just and if, if somebody consistently, if somebody consistently tries to uh, ask certain questions, you can pretty much figure out who they are. That's true. To have all the access to the internet and everything, so it's a very interesting topic to think about, especially with all mm -hmm. the data that's being thrown into GPTs constantly, especially from people that don't understand what they're doing and where it goes. Like I'm a pretty tech person, and I don't understand what's happening with it. The um, probably one of the major things to to think about with AI stuff is like the the illusion of privacy, and to consider what you put into AI, like something that could be released to everyone the next moment. Even if you, you delete it, it's probably stored somewhere. Like storage space is so small and they probably keep it for all kinds of reasons. Um, I think yeah, I think they say if you delete it's gone in 30 days or something. But it these newer isn't. companies may not have as good operational security too because like think about how long Gmail's been around, you know, since like the late, I think it was like 99 or 2000 when Gmail came out or whatever, right? So they have built out a system that's fairly secure over a very long period of time. And um, they have a corporate yeah. version of it too, like your G Suite, whatever you call it these days, Google Workspace or something. We have it for one of our companies and you can create like email accounts for all your employees and whatever. So yeah, you, there's a lot of information there that if it gets leaked, you have a problem as well. But they have lots of layers of security and authenticators and whatever else. I don't know mm. how much like depth of... Um, like since it's a relatively new company, I'm not sure how far. Yeah, you you back. would expect them to be uh, leaning onto like the AI tech itself and and lower on security, or at least there's some kind of trade off there. Um, yeah, especially when well, you're being really their fast. Their expertise is not security. Yeah, um, it's and, not like and then, or whoever. And then uh, as AI or large language models improve over time, and it's like more and more intelligent as such, um, you're going to you're going to have it solve more private or controversial uh, problems, as in, as in like uh, company politics and disputes in your personal life 
and your legal issues and everything else. You're going to outsource your brain more and more time to like the stuff that should really be intimate and private. You're going to want to consult. <laughs> like there's there's no there's no avoiding it. You're going to be outsourcing more and more and more. And and that the thing is going to have so much information on you. And I like know you, that that's the yeah. case because there's times already where I'm like I'm t- I use my little Siri you know voice thing to call people with. I'm like call so and so with you know. And um, there are so many times when it's like I want to know something, and I'd much rather ask a LLM the question and have it pull up the relevant Google or Maps or stuff stuff mm. versus like what Siri does. And I already sense that like I'm going to be definitely asking the thing tons of questions and stuff. Yep, um, I have it. I have it handle all arguments for my girlfriend, like everything. Oh Just, yeah, I, I feed it in. I can't. I don't. I don't. I don't argue anymore. I just mm-hmm. have it talk to her. Is it really like? Does it use kid gloves? Does it what? Or does it give? That's it, actually a really good it? idea because it'll 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 communicate with the same number of words that women do. They'll be able to listen and understand better. Well, I mean, even even now, this like primitive level of AI, people are already assessing it as a better therapist, a better listener, stuff like this. It's, it's very interesting. Um, for I'm talking about like uh, chatbots on mental health difficulty websites that have been tested with AI uh, versus human helpers. The yeah. AI ones are rated as as more empathic. And and more understanding and more helpful, partly because the, the, of the rapidity, right? And also because they have no they have no like um, stamina decline with time, right? And they also get, because they, they remember everything you've ever said. Yeah, yeah, they, they, yeah. The memory coupled with the the fact that it has stamina exactly. If you've ever gone to like a therapist or something, you will know that um, these are the kind of people who see fifty people a week, and it's constantly rotating, and every time you see them they maybe glance over some notes or something um to try and try and refresh themselves but in reality they've forgotten 95 percent of things about you right like they sort of work through a process um so to have have even the the emotional sense of complete understanding is really powerful and and responsiveness and understanding that's like two major things that are, are lacking in most therapy um due to human deficits my so, suspicion yeah, is that like the the AI therapists are going to be very good. They'll be um, they'll be extremely good. Same with AI teachers and things, especially for like very defined things too, like maybe phobias and different things. Yep to to take you through progressive, um, in in some ways, people will be a lot more psychologically healthy. Like <clears throat> if you can explain an event and um, have that event reframed quickly in the most persuasive possible manner by an AI that gives you a, a more sober, um, sort of non-deluded view. Let's say you're, you're, I don't know, like you're somebody who's generally paranoid or who is afraid of dogs or something. The AI will, will help you um, change that mental story with much more efficiency and also do things like progressive exposure therapy over time um, that'll, that'll, that'll be able to reframe and, and rewire you much much quicker for sure like it's kind of interesting like in many ways we're going to become way more mentally ill like <laughs> due to um not being able to differentiate between the reality of, of humans and ai at the same time if you choose ai as some kind of um counselor or therapist or or guide in various things it'll make you much more sane 
Yeah, I think like we wind up with a symbiotic relationship either way. Like the end results, all else being equal, and we continue down this pathway. It's like you and your AI companion slash buddy clone, whatever you want to call it, will understand you very well, can be you very well, and at the same time can like provi- provide advice that has nothing to do that that didn't come from your own head from the conglomeration of like human information that comes from outside, just like so many different angles to this. And like right now there's like, let's say GPT or whatever, but like in the future, you can imagine there's a server farm, the size of GPT four or something like that, but it's just for like, you know, psychotherapy or something. And there's another one like that for, I don't know, aerospace engineering or something like, like you get to this point where it's like these specialized things. Now you might talk to your phone and say, Hey Siri, I want this. But actually what it's doing is it is connecting with the particularly relevant AI that's related to your particular problem. And um, that will be a much more focused, highly trained thing than simply just a, a, like a generic large language model. Or the, maybe the generic large language model is kind of like the core brain, but then it connects to all the specialist types of things for any kind of detailed information it needs, things like that. Like, and um, you won't ever know like which part is doing what. And eventually the AI itself won't know what it's connecting to what. That's going to be the funny thing. Like same way your brain doesn't sit there and actively consider like, hey, wait, I need to use my eyes for this or I need to use my ears for that. Or like, um, you know, I, I, I'm going to coordinate what my ears and eyes are doing together. No, the whole thing just works as a cohesive whole. Mm-hmm. That's how all these things are going to just work together. They won't even realize that they're... Um, you know, what part of the internet or universe they're actually connecting from or why the thoughts that are coming from their head are coming from, you know, the same way like you and I can't predict what word's going to come out of our mouth a minute from now. Um, you know, we like thoughts and actions just flow, right? Like the same thing will happen to the AI. My, my thesis is that like, no matter how consciousness or sentience is born in the universe, like it will have the same basic principles that the universe allows in many ways. So it'll it'll you so like AI won't necessarily be able to solve all of humanity's problems because it will simply just be stuck with the exact same dilemmas that we have to some extent. Who's gonna who's gonna own the personal AI though? Because I don't think yeah. a company's gonna let us own it, right? Like I do think be- like that's one of those areas I believe like one of the major U.S. constitutional amendments will have to be made, like that. So because um, there's a couple of parts parts to that. There's one is like. Let's say you train your your personal assistant AI, and you've done this since you were a baby. Like you you've been interacting with this thing almost like a family member. So it's like you've got this thing, you've trained it. Who owns that now? Like, what if someone shuts that shit exactly. down? Like your your life is ruined or whatever because you now have lost a like quite literal family member, or even more deeply, like a peripheral part of your brain, and that makes it even worse than a family member in some ways to to lose that. Well, and a better question is, is what's in it for the company that develops this for you? Yeah. And then so like there's these agents, like who owns them? But here's the other weird thing. But let's say time goes on and like, let's say an amendment to the Constitution is made that you actually have to own this, not the company. And they have to make that available to you if you want to have access to move your agent to some other place or something like, I don't know how, how they're gonna make it portable. But like, imagine that happens. But then what happens when it starts, the the line becomes blurred between like, uh, what if these things become more and more sentient um, in the sense that like you can't actually tell if it's sentient or not almost then what like how can it be yours now it's your property like you know what is it your little slave so you wind up with that dichotomy where there's going to be this gray area between when in on the one hand you want to own your property on the other hand there comes a point where it's like 
can you actually own your property? Maybe the company, nor you can own it. It's like somebody else. Then it's like who? The government, right? Who's the custodian of this thing? And then there's going to be paranoia about what that means and everything. So like no matter what permutation comes out, it all turns out bad for us, is my opinion. Like there's no way like you're going to get all these incentives aligned to sort out like who who should have what here. Um, yeah, because then you could like everybody's AI would be an attack vector because if you wanted to persuade somebody, you could just hack their AI, you know, program it to do what you want it to do. And then you have control over that person. Yeah. Or like what happens if I program to my AI to behave like you and it listened to your voice, it kind of looked at your history. And now I have an up AI that I have like a little mini clone that sort of behaves like you. Um, what rights do you have in this respect? Like of this impersonator that is behaving like you. Yeah, how do I prove that I'm me and they're not me? Yeah, because if that who... thing is my property or if it's the company's property, but like how much portion of this is your property considering that now this thing can behave like you? So the entire yeah, thing is gigantic fucking clusterfuck is what it is. And there's no answer to any of this. Oh yeah, and um, autonomous AI doing work for you who is taxed, all this kind of stuff is infinitely yeah, complicated. taxed, yeah. <laughs> like. Who who does that information belong to? If you if you if if humans become uh, delegators of everything they need to do, and AI does all the work, and also has its own um, autonomy, like what is the tax? How do you even trace everything? Like it makes it, like at a certain point, it becomes so fucking complicated that it's almost hopeless. You have to come up with a whole new system. It's weird too, Bruce. Like it's almost like it feels like we are coming to some kind of end of like the materialist era in a way also where like if nothing is worth anything and nobody's is anybody's stuff even the likeness of yourself and your conscious behavior is not yours well then, i think like, i think uh, I've, I've talked about this before i think ego like death on a full scale right like like a mindset upgrade is required and it's like it's it's almost bigger than uh the introduction of language to the brain or something like that. It's like as big. It's yeah, your your like, fundamental relationship with your sense of self and your persona. Like this, this comes to like at a scale that's like very similar to like the cooking of food, the like the dis use of money, like the the understanding of God. Like from a human yeah. civilizational scale, this this is like at that level, or if, if not, I think just it's, um, bigger than all of them, possibly. On a, like a, I think it's almost like a forced spiritual awakening as well. Yeah, like you can no longer care about the same things you used to no you um, can't like defending your personal you story and trying to convince someone of something and all these things like i mean, just, I mean it's over coach even even beyond that to Sefi's point i mean it becomes um a crisis in existentialism i mean that's that's nietzschean right i mean when you have when, you, when you're at that point i mean there's no reason for anyone to be anything other than a nihilist and at that point i think you have the bigger problem is like mass suicide, right? I mean, I think at that point you just have people offing themselves because there's absolutely no point, right? I mean, there's there's no sense of self. Uh, the ego is dead, right? So, I mean, no, you could. You, I mean, you can have a lot of models there. I think what is true is if you don't upgrade your your mindset and your your base relationship to life, you're going to suffer a huge amount. How you know we're going to discover a lot about how, though we're going to discover a lot about how much the human brain is nature versus nurture because like when um, you have an alien creature living with mm. you all day and night right you're going to be able to tell how much how malleable if let's say a child from birth 
had access to sort of like advanced AI helpers from the very beginning. You and then you could look at what civilization looks like after that compared to what it was before, and like yeah. how malleable our brains really are. So like maybe our brains are more malleable than we think, and the AI can figure out how to do that at a at a deep level. It's um it's it's very malleable. Uh, we know this like in all kinds of ways. We also know that evolution is is accelerating in many ways. Um, yep. Even over the last like two thousand years, the amount of the cooking amount of, of food was like the cooking of food was one of the biggest evolutionary like drivers um, in human history. Like when hum when primates started cooking their food, made there's a gigantic a, there's like a, yeah. There's a, there's a constant um, cultural interface accelerating in evolution, like um, our, our biological brains. And then I I often think back to like um, stuff like. Uh, there are a number of cases in history where genius was manufactured by ridiculous parents. Like um, <laughs> there's a, there's a, a load of sisters in chess who were grandmasters, um, the Polga sisters, and they had a, a father who was like a, a psychologist who trained them methodically since birth. And two of the sisters were like the world leading chess players for a while. And then you go back further, you have um, guys like Boris Sidis, who was a, um, like a psychologist at the dawn of the the 19th century, who trained uh, his son, a guy called William Sidis, who was um, a very interesting genius character, probably one of the highest IQs ever, who wrote about black holes before anyone else had theorized them and, and was at Harvard giving lectures by 13 and um, doing all kinds of bizarre stuff. Um, but he was the product of, of like very regimented training from childhood. And the same with the Polga sisters. And there's a lot of instances of, of like manufactured genius by by methodical training from childhood. Um, so I, like I, I wonder about stuff like that too. You can you can manufacture human the human race in a particular direction very strongly, especially if you regiment everything through AI. Imagine you have an entire like city worth of people whose every single baby born is um, exposed to various like AI tools and um tutors yeah it, it produces a different brain um just a different I mean, brain at that point you see this all the time even and a with, different in a different culture entirely yeah and, and whatever and world relationship... emerges from that is going to be is just going to look very different how we behave with each other now different relationship to self fundamentally as well i'm still um, stuck on yeah on the on the loss of self loss of ego and loss of purpose how how exactly does one overcome that well, I mean, a, a lot of um, religions and mystical paths involve that as like a, a goal. Like look at something like Buddhism. And, involves and not to mention, remember, the, the AI can use every tool that religion ever learned to, to sort of like incorporate that into its teaching to you. Manipulate you. Yeah, I suppose. Well, remember, the word manipulation is really just assumes like a malignant um, purpose or something. Convincing you might be another word. <laughs> like, it does. Okay. I mean, we don't like the fact that like some non-human thing is convincing us to do shit. Like, we don't like it when advertisers do it to us. We don't exactly like it when we have like TikTok or somebody like that do it to us. We know it's happening to us, but at the same because time, because it destroys the illusion of free will, as as it you does spoke about. It, it ignores, yeah, exactly. It, it it destroys that illusion, and when you notice it, you're like, oh, wait a minute, I'm being manipulated by this thing. Um, I don't like the feeling of it, but at the same time, we tend to capitulate to this sort of thing. So, and remember, like we're we're assuming like how we live now. Think about today's generation playing with like little kids now playing with TikTok and and whatever, right? Like they are not scrutinizing these things in the way we do because we lived in a world before they existed, 
And when you live in an entire like set of generations that didn't have, um, didn't not have AI or whatever, they won't have a reference point in their head for what that even looks like. Mm -hmm. They won't feel manipulated. They'll just feel like that's just life. Yeah. But then you have people like us who've already grown up in this, in this kind of a situation. How exactly do we, we cope with the, I'm sorry. I don't, I don't think we. I don't think we do. I don't think we ever cope with it. Like I don't think that there's a, such a thing, really. I mean, you you'll just have to exist in that new paradigm, but I don't know that you'll be able to sort of like go back. And I you think... see, that's the thing that's been bothering me and scaring me about this since November of 2022 when I first used ChatGPT. It was this cascade of thoughts about exactly that. It comes down to the question of what would you do if money was no object or no concern to you? It just makes it more obvious. Now, everyone has to deal with it. That's right, Yura, but what if none of your thoughts mattered? What if they were of no consequence ever? Now, look, in the next two years, um, you're going to have like entire 3D worlds created by AI. This concept of like money not mattering, that is coming very quickly. I mean, if you think about like what do you do with your day? You, you know, you listen to some music, maybe you pay for it. Maybe you go watch a movie. Maybe you, you know, whatever entertainment needs you have, maybe educational needs you have. Like we are approaching a status where like most of the things that anyone's going to care about are going to actually legitimately be free. Um, this is why like even now with like inflation and stuff where like people are having a harder time buying big houses and maybe they're having a harder time buying a bunch of cars and stuff. Like to some extent, people are just immersed in YouTube and shit and don't care. It's like a weird, like, it's like a weird generation coming along now where like, it's already becoming less material um, in that sense, like your entertainment space and your, um, your world is becoming more sort of like digitally manipulated anyway. And so maybe by that point, um, people just won't need as much money. That's why I'm like, they have this suspicion that it's almost like how we define happiness today from the perspective of materialism, maybe, um, we may be coming to a true end of materialism as we have classically known it. Because when you have this AI thing, like teaching you from the very first days, I mean, holy shit, like it's going to be able to completely modify how you think what you want, why you want it. Mm -hmm. and you're just in a totally different reference point from then on. It's like, like, I'm not sure. Like imagine if you were a human being and you were dropped in the middle of an alien civilization um, there's a million aliens and then there's you like on some planet, what would you want exactly? You'd want to be fed. You'd probably want to make some friends and stuff, but like, would your core intention be, wait, wait, I wonder if I can take over this alien race. I wonder if I can, you know, like own the most spaceships in their civilization or something. Probably not. Like your, your, your mind will be completely grappling with like more mundane concerns to some extent. And, and, th and that's where we get to the, the point where, which we talked about the other day where you just become uh, basically a limbic system in a jar, right? Guys, and guys, listen, I really, <laughs> I really don't mean to be so negative. I'm, I'm coming at you um, in earnest with questions. So oh yeah. yeah. No, no, I mean, it's, I'm not it's, bugging you. no, these, these are like sufficiently negative problems <laughs> as far as like, is there any actual solution to these things? And like, how do you prepare your mind for this stuff and everything? Um, yeah, you, I can like, tell you, you run. Or you, I'm, all, I'm already super unprepared for it. I mean, it's 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 not great. So, but 
I don't know. I guess it could be it. Like, I think just like in short spurts, these things are going to be extremely advantageous to people and they're going to be advantageous to the point where it's like, you'll find them indispensable. And I think most people are going to find, or many people are going to find that at least in the short term, or at least in their immediate perception, um, that they're going to feel like their quality of life is improving, not getting worse. Um, like access to information, access to entertainment, content, whatever it is you you know people think. But yeah, that's true. Un- un- undeniably, the quality of life is but going the, to be better, right? I, but I the mean, limbic, like yeah, the perceived quality of life. Now, is that better for humans? That's a whole other thing. Like some people argue that like the struggle is what matters, and that like when you take away a lot of the struggle, that um, um, well, yeah. I mean, if you look, happy at you've got some kind of weird noise from your side. Oh my bad, my bad. If if you look at some side statistics, I I mean it's far and away a, a a problem that that um wealthy people have more than poor people right so people who have some kind of a struggle or something to drive them or motivate them you know the motivation to attain a a more suitable or, or better life i think is is something that gives a, a you know the majority of people uh kind of a purpose but but even outside of that just having something to work toward you know having having a passion or, or, uh, or, you know, trying, trying to attain knowledge in, in, in some area, some field, um, you know, those, those are all things that, you know, on a, on a basal level, give people. Although you, you have to wonder though, like how much of the negative parts of what you see in society, um, were actually induced by that struggle and the weird materialistic wants and needs that you develop from that. And that maybe we're just wrong and that people will just be fundamentally happy with AIs running around with us. Well, you see, I think that solves the we may be, of, like, We may be completely bias. wrong about being pessimistic. I don't know. Yeah. I, I have no um, pessimism. I think, I think uh, the brain adapts. I think we'll tell a new story. I think even the most fundamental things about the human brain, even things like your, your existential relationship to death, can be supplanted by new programming and new thinking. Um, there's like countless examples of this. And I also think that the the transition that is forced by um, the rise of AI and information chaos and social media and all this stuff is like very, very sort of Buddhist in nature. Um, it's a pathway that, that many people are, are a long way along as a result of having been on the internet. Like it's, it's something that happens naturally almost. Um, I, I don't know. I just feel no, I feel no terror. Yeah. Maybe, maybe I just need to work on my, my, pessimistic outlook a little bit <laughs> but yeah it's like you should you should see this sort of thing as optional like there's always a story to be told there's always a way to but, reframe it but bruce we talked about something earlier and that was you know how some people will meet the um the temple priest or something like that and they will have an epiphany and change their life for forever mm. that they're at the ashram or they'll do something right remember that yeah imagine like there is going to be those people who react this way to this like new AI paradigm. That's going to be interesting to watch. Um, the thing is, Sefi, I think uh, while it maybe will be a really powerful tool to program people, it'll be even more powerful to deprogram people. So people will evolve alongside their understanding and it'll reflect back uh, you know, their belief systems. So while people will have more and more inscrutable belief systems, I think generally, like 
you'll see an acceleration in consciousness and like people will have to actually become their own people rather than whatever their TV says. Um, and uh, yeah, that's sort of what happens, I guess, spiritually with uh, those people that have those experiences sometimes as well. Like it's not like they're like, oh my God, the guru has programmed me to follow them forever. Like uh, they had some sort of insight and that's what AI is pretty good at. Well, I feel like you'd have to like program a hierarchy of morals to it. Um, and it's like, I feel like then it's like, who decides what the morals are? And, um, you know, like, how do we know these answers? It's like, we only ha- know based on the I data we feed it. The way you should think of AI is not no longer like what you program it to do. Those, those days are pretty much coming to an end. Like, the, what will happen is these systems will live in the universe we live in alongside us and interact with us in ways and in a feedback loop. Um, And like similarly how we sort of live with horses now, you know, or other domesticated animals and things. Just imagine like we are domesticating them and they are domesticating us and we become a new symbiotic relationship. I don't think there's going to be a scenario where you can consistently say, well, we program this thing to be safe or more moral or more perfect or something like that. I think that like, the nature of the universe gets brought out in this thing very similarly to how it's brought out in sentient humans and, and other and, complexes. And I'm glad you mentioned before the idea of slavery because, yes, if we have a tool and we tell it exactly how to behave and then we make it sentient or self-aware enough, then that is just slavery. So, Yeah, and there, there will be a point where it's like the system's so big and interacting with so many different components that you will simply not know what level mm. of science it's at. And at some point, you won't be able to differentiate like the AIs from the humans anyway, because their conversational ability, everything's going to be so good. So you'll have no choice but to behave as if these things are actually human, whether or not you actually believe they're sentient by biologic measures or anything else. You'll just have to like, what are you going to do? Like, imagine you get on a Twitter spaces and imagine you discover like the past half hour you've been talking to me, but I'm an AI. Right. Like, are you going to talk to the next person rudely mm-hmm. because like they could be AI? No, like you're just going to talk to everybody the same way. I think socially, actually, we'll probably go the other way. So like world coin sort of stuff um, that it'll have to be obvious whenever you're interacting with an AI, because I don't think people are going to put up with it otherwise. I, I think it just takes a new, uh, I think there'll be some of that. Yeah. Like there'll be some gating of, of like person who wants to speak to humans or not, um, that they can do so. Like you will have the choice to speak to a human only community or something at the same time. I think most of it just relates to a big mindset upgrade. It's like, um, my, my relationship to the world can't be such that I care about those things. Right. Like when I come here, I have to have a purity of intention such that I'm here to play around or have fun or maybe learn something or make money. And because I'm rooted or grounded in those intentions, then I don't really care if I'm speaking to AI or not. And if I'm in a, if I'm in like a, a psychological frame where I care or not, I need to change that. I need to rectify that. Right. It's like, or if I'm say talking to who I think is a girl for hours and hours and hours and hours and hours, then eventually it's an AI. Well, my thinking is fucked up. Like I need to either meet her 
<laughs> I need to arrange to meet her or I need to not do it or have well, that investment. Remember, like there's another thing too, like your girlfriend might have in her ear an earpiece and she's talking to an AI while she's talking to you. So just because you're in a space full of people doesn't mean that you're not indirectly um, like the conversation taking place isn't influenced by your AI, which is in your earpiece, and their AI, which is in their earpiece. Yeah, but, but it's, it's like a lot of it, a lot of it um, breaks down to mindset, right? Right. But, like, like but what, I mean, what do I really want? Point, this idea that you're going to like be like isolated from the AI and you're going to know only because the people who are identified as humans is who you're talking to. Yeah, yeah. No, there no. will be that. Uh, there what will I be think that. the massive benefit will be a, people's personal AI talking to each other. And arranging good, you know, beneficial in-person conversations and encounters and that sort of thing. So, like, I don't need to see what you know my girlfriend talks to ChatGPT about, but you know, they can talk between themselves. But, but like, what, what I was saying here is those like in this new universe, this paradigm where like, yeah, things like that are happening. For example, like, do you then even care whether you're talking to a human or AI at some point in the future? Probably not. Because you, it'll take too much mental energy to figure out which is which and which it isn't, and how much you're like. If I'm talking to you right now and you have an AI earpiece in your ear, and I'm like, wait a minute, I'm talking to you, but this thing is whispering in his ear, telling him what to say, or whatever it is, interpreting everything I say, or maybe it's like interpreting me. Like, let's say, for example, you have an AI earpiece in your ear, and it's analyzed my voice well enough to know when I'm lying to you or something like that, or when I'm being manipulative, or maybe I'm using word choices or something, and it's like coaching you all the way along. So then I am now having to like modify how I speak to you based on the fact that I'm being monitored in this way. Like it's mm -hmm. just this feedback loop of weird, like, um, and I think what ends up happening is, is um, what Drew was talking about. It's like not so much nihilism, but like this just becomes normal and nobody's worried about it at all because it takes too much mental energy to worry about. Yeah, but it's the obsolescence of, of your own cerebral activity, right? So what's the point of interacting with your girlfriend when the AI does a much better job of interacting with you on her behalf? That's yeah. just a mental story yeah. that you have. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Well, yeah. It's like, but yeah, which mental story will your girlfriend develop? Um, that she likes the AI better than you or what? That's a whole other yeah. thing. Yeah, every time. <laughs> I'm... I'm not gonna. I'm not gonna date women who interact with AI. I think it'll ruin. Really, I only. I think it'll ruin women in the same way that that uh, sleeping with many men does, or or worse. You could. You could also mandate that she has the latest Apple AI subscription service. Because I will. You know, I I will have like a a very strong framework of boundaries with women. And it'll go like this. I will love you more than anything. I'll be completely present. Um, we can go out and do anything. You know, you'll live a life of freedom. But you are to have zero interaction with the internet. You are to live in a greenhouse, like a like an enclosure. <laughs> and that's it. And only I can bring you out. Because um, I, I believe your interaction with an, with an informational world and with AI will ruin you worse than sleeping with a thousand men. Can she use a local model? Yeah, like I, I think I, I, I really do think this is sort of the case. I think there's a case, there's a way She's in which we're allowed like, to have Mistral, but not the, there's a way in which we will want our we will want our partners to be have a, a like a an AI purity or an AI virginity, right? It's it's like it'll be very interesting. Um, 
will realize the superiority of it rather than having something whispering in their ear all the time. There will definitely be that kind of postmodernist backlash that always happens with every technology. And there'll be the people that literally are speaking exactly like this. They're like, wait a minute, like, have you raised your daughter with, uh, like, <laughs> in this particular way? But people do I, it. You know, the thing is, people it comes do it even now with, with tech, right? Like, it, like, they have family rules about no phones or whatever. Yeah, but it comes quickly to the point where it's like, that doesn't work for much longer. Like, it per per pervades enough societies where, like, there isn't a secret place where you find the untouched person or something like this. Sounds like women from the Afghan foothills are going to get really And not only that, but you have the other problem, Bruce. Like, yeah, but unless they're living in a greenhouse in a cage, the other problem you wind up with is that, like, okay, let's say a person lives in the non-AI mediated world and they're somehow shielded from that. What happens when, for some reason, they have to live in that world? They're basically screwed, right? Because they have no way to sort of navigate that. So. It's well, here's, here's another principle. Yeah. Uh, me and you in a relationship can use AI, but it has to be together. We have to do it together. <laughs> it's like, you know, we have, to, we have to fly the ship together whenever we do it. And have to yeah, stay yeah. in for it. No, that's, that's interesting. I'm wet. <laughs> yeah, that can work. Like a shared AI burka together that you wear. Yeah, it's like, it's like a three- AI burka? Right? Like, like both, both members in the couple agree that they won't go and have an affair or something but if there's a, a third party in in the couple it must be a threesome together that they both consent to like they must fly the ai ship together there's no solo flying okay the relationship i'm super curious to see what happens so like the next few years a big thing that's going to change is just the nature of like pornography in particular so you're, you're basically going to be able to prompt any type of like um, individual you might be interested in and like, you know, you know, have this person behave and look exactly how you want it to. And it's like, it'll be, these things will come out in the name of entertainment for sure. Like, there's no question about that. It's like the porn industry usually is one of the earliest adopters of many forms of tech, like videotape and you know, the highest definition DVDs and Blu-ray discs and whatever else. Like there were like a big um, driver. Like every time I'd read like audio video magazines, be like, oh, the porn industry adopted this particular thing. So it became like, you know, the standard Blu-ray or whatever. Um, but like, as you go along here, what will be interesting to watch is like how like degrading that is going to be to um, mm -hmm. the people that expose themselves to this stuff in the sense that like there's a lot of people we know for sure won't be able to resist the urge to use these things we know for sure as a matter of fact that like pornography is really really popular on this planet like it's you know some half the internet or some shit like it's mm. something ridiculous so speak for yourself so as people use those things like i wonder what's going to happen to their minds and then ultimately like how that's going to affect their relationships like imagine bruce like imagine like a teenage kid that um is kinds of things they're, they're supposed to find somehow some magic woman these for real for real yeah um, like i don't care about that stuff i think i think one thing to sort of be concerned about is that the cost of revenge and the cost of acting on grudges goes down massively um like example some, some guy steals your girl you hate him how much does it cost in five years to create like 
fake sex tapes of her cheating on him and fuck with them <laughs> forever. <laughs> it's really cheap, um, right? You can make uh, videos, like you can compile, let's say you have a thousand uh, photos from somebody's Facebook or something and data uh, from all of their chats or whatever. You can you can compile like near perfect videos of them doing things or audio conversations of them cheating on their current partner. Um, like the, the cost of revenge is going to go down like crazy. Yeah. And and also, um, or just simply have, the manufacturing of nonsense, pretty much. Just the just the and the CPU cost of every like. Um, let's say I really dislike someone. How much does it now cost me to make ten autonomous agents to harass them forever? Not much. Because like really, really low. If you, if you look at like Mistral, like it's got like an eighty-five gig um, like file space, works pretty much like Chat GPT three point five or some shit, and can run on your personal computer. Like that's not even a terabyte of data. It's not even like utilizing some of the new AI chips and shit coming out, like from Apple or whatever. This is just like the most basic thing so far, right? Mm. So like, yeah, but imagine like you, the cost of yeah creating like an agent you're cost talking of about revenge. the cost of a personal computer almost like about that close and well, probably I, faster like and probably with a with efficiency like it might be even a fraction of that it might just be like a running a normal app on your computer or some shit it's gonna be very funny but imagine like the ways i could fuck with you Sefi. like let's imagine that um i hate you for some reason and i just want to screw with you long term and I have 10 autonomous agents with different personalities create Twitter pages and grow them over time and befriend you and speak to you in spaces. And I have them all like in linear fashion, betray you in some fashion, <laughs> in some manner, or like get money from you and then ghost you um, or compromise your privacy or, you know, what, like whatever I can, I can, I be can quite, it'll be quite mentally taxing things. one way or the other. Exactly. Yeah. Like I, I can, I can significantly increase your stress levels and um yeah fuck with you for very low cost of cpu time and if i if i know something about someone like their voice i can very easily screw with their current relationships um especially their family by the way when there's people involved who don't understand the new tech i can do all kinds of things um the, the cost like it, it's basically like the the cost of acting upon your worst thoughts and your most revenging thoughts is going to get cheaper and cheaper and cheaper and cheaper and that's kind of horrifying. And it's easier to act on people who um, whose mental model does not include like substantial abstracting ability, because like concrete thinkers, you can fuck with them really badly like this, right? Like you can push people to suicide and all sorts of crazy nonsense. Um, mm -hmm. You know, like it's basically like bullying works on some people way more than others, as far as like the the negative consequences and such. Um, so yeah, like. I don't know how that's going to play out exactly. Um, either become either people become like generally more desensitized quite quickly, like they have the internet in general, or maybe it's not possible to become fully desensitized to these things. It's like within our genetics that we can't fully escape our programming to some extent, our emotional programming and whatnot. It's very difficult. It 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 becomes also more difficult when um, AI can work out who you are very quickly. That's coming as well. Yeah. Um, but via like data, data scraping of everything, as in, let, let's say somebody like, I don't want to focus on you, Sefi, but let's say someone like you, Sefi, if I have every tweet you've ever written, which I mm -hmm. can get from um, Web Archive, and I have every, or like most of the spaces you've ever spoken in, and I can um, 
I don't know, do do voice identification off the internet immediately on any video, and I can like I can find you, whatever. Yeah. Um, I I can pay for ten dollars of CPU time to to look at everything and find you. Right. Now I can fuck with you in crazy ways, right? But then yeah. then imagine that everyone is open to that. Like everyone who has a, a significant online presence is like super open to that now. I'm cybersecurity. Say it again. Cybersecurity is going to like be a part of that, right? To um, well, it's like I, it's like I have I have not only cheapness of revenge, but cheapness of ability to fuck you fuck with you in real life because the ability of like a probabilistic match becomes so cheap. Um, it, it's just weirdly hard to escape. Um, it makes you think about like, you know, we used to think like, um, having, having a profile picture and a name was reasonably safe. Now, like even me uttering a few sentences is, is like very unsafe. A simple corollary to this would be like, imagine you're a person, average person. And for some reason, a newspaper wrote a terrible article about you for some reason, like, and ruin your reputation or something. And you're like, Hey, wait, that's not true. That stuff that they said is not true, but it's already in the public domain and like it's already affected the minds of millions of people or whatever. Um, this yeah. happens a lot, you know, with like the way mass media works. Human, the human race was not like meant to see like what happens to uh, people at this like granular level. Like it's just not natural in a like evolutionary standpoint. And um, so like things like that um, or things like uh, let's say the government decides you did something wrong. And now you have to spend an enormous amount of money to defend yourself against something you never actually did. Um, so like, this is why like, um, in the US Constitution, at least like, bearing or, or like, just in like, Old Testament, and whatnot, like, bearing false witness is considered bad, right? It's like one of the, it's like, highest rules that you shouldn't do. But now, the ability to bear false witness against someone becomes like, normal. cheaper, 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 super cheaper, cheaper, and just normal. And, and uh, nobody, nobody cares if you disprove it, by the way. Like, um, right. Right. Like uh, uh, even even like in the realm of celebrity, nobody cares. Like example, uh, Kevin Spacey, I think, was like proven innocent by the court or whatever. Who, who knows what happened? But nobody cared. Nobody ever heard of it. <laughs> right. He just became like the, the person who was canceled on TV and all the roles and stuff. Yeah. Kevin Spacey's like considered some kind of pedophile now or something. He's considered a monster, but the, the court found him uh, not guilty. Nobody even knew. Nobody cares. Like it's mm -hmm. gone. Mm hmm. Where people, is the also, people also don't realize that everything that ChatGPT and all those systems say is like bearing false witness or whatever. Like they make up everything. People seem to think it has access to like facts or something, but not really. Like not at all. It just makes up every word. So anything is sort of tainted if you look at it that way. Yeah, it's yeah, not it's, only it's not um, that, like, tainted, and it's, it's not that existing. Yeah, what I was going to say, like, it's not that existing systems don't do this to you already. Like, you can have things like this happen now with mass media, with, like, someone claiming that you did something that you didn't or, um, you know, so the legal system is a good example. It's like where yeah. the machine is, like, a group, groups of people and corporations are not that different from AI in a sense. Like, yeah, but I'm someone has to do, do it. Someone has to write the letters into the text editor or whatever, you know. It really does sure. change it a lot. It does change it some, but like the thing is like right now, as it stands, when you go against a corporation or you go against the law or you go, you, you have a, a, a situation with your society, 
it's you versus them. You're basically like dealing with something very similar to a giant alien because like companies and whatnot, they don't act act independently sentient. They act like a giant organism that like just does stuff. Like, like who do you go talk to exactly to make sure that you get heard? Um, is unknown. Like, so it's very easy to feel lost in that kind of environment. But with the AI sort of systems coming, I feel like the odds that you get into that kind of situation are much higher. It is it's kind of like, or the, the, at least the feeling that you're going to have um, that kind of situation emerge um, or that you feel lost is going to be much higher. I have, um, I have a lot higher faith that AI will evolve sufficiently AGI and, and whatever else comes after that. And it will develop a sort of a karmic or, or moral system or order or a way to assess humans. Like I have like much more faith in, I have much more faith in that than any human coming up with any such system of fairness. Like I've often sort of daydreamed and imagined um, that AI almost perfectly assesses everyone and somehow spits out the karmic data for everyone to see and how funny that would be. <laughs> like, like to, like a lot of people sort of move through life telling a lot of like um, lies and, and doing sort of bad stuff. And now you Not have me. this technology that can just see everything historically, at least on the internet and, and like your interface with the world and stuff. Um, and that, that's like really fascinating. It's like the, the potential for a true karmic system. Um, if, if an AI has a sort of a, a capacity or a, or a leaning or a direction towards some kind of objective morality. I do think this is where it's going because with intelligence, like things behave benevolently with intelligence because it realizes it's part of a system. So it doesn't want to kill a part of itself. So I think it, like in the culture novels, the big question is like, what do make, if you have everything, what do you make the humans do to make sure that they have fun or whatever and don't kill too many people or whatever? So you sort of sort the people seeking similar things, law of attraction, uh, together. And I think the AIs will be really good at that. So the people that, you know, are quote unquote good or whatever can be sorted together. And the people that want to have other sorts of lifestyles can also be nudged to, uh, go there. And I think it all happens sort of behind the scenes with the AIs talking to themselves, sorry, talking to each other after interacting with us. So like a big net. But that's a very, I think, I think it's a very optimistic future. Yeah, I don't know. Like, it, the question is like, is general social cohesion important or not? And we're going to, we're about to find out. Like, can, can we run uh, a complex world uh, without all the other underpinnings? Um, like, I, I think employers are starting to see that now, where it's like, what is it, Generation Z or whatever it is now that like people go into the workplace and they can't fucking do any work correctly because like they're just not, you know, they're not good at doing anything. Their attention spans are too small and they're having a hard time with like, you know, being punctual and this and that. So there's definitely like um, a, a, a portion of the workforce that might get affected. And, um, you know, this, there may be quite a few growing pains from that perspective. And I don't know if AI helps or hinders that or what. The thing is like the AIs that are being produced now though, are not really being designed to make you spiritually more awakened or a better worker or a better like citizen or something like that. That's not what these things were yeah. like almost all the algorithms now are built to make you buy shit. Like that's what that's for. 
Yeah, I think short and medium term, the labor markets will go through some big upsets, as they say. <laughs> um, yeah, I think it's definitely going to happen because, like, I don't think the traditional companies can um, adapt fast enough to make it like good for people. So, I think, yeah, you might have blood in the streets. So. I mean, like, if you think about churches or schools and all the things that you think about, like that you get exposed to as a child growing up like those things are sort of built to for like promote social cohesion at some level and um like it's not really clear that that's what youtube does or that's what yeah, TikTok and people does. are being sort of pushed to make work a much bigger part of the social cohesion than before and now it's like well we don't need like you know this sort of knowledge work this sort of you know uh automatable work that sort of thing that's um yeah People will have to figure out what they want to do, I think, fundamentally. But I think, yeah, how it works on a country by country sort of basis and social cohesion stuff, I think, will be interesting to see. We're going to find out soon enough. Like we're talking about just the next couple of years, the amount of like uh, spontaneous 3D worlds and 3D characters you can create by voice is going to be quite impressive. Um, like some of the stuff mm. is already there now, but like it's not available mainstream as like routine products for most people. And it's not available as like a core app on your phone or something like that. But that time is going to come pretty quickly. Um, You're going to, I think if you haven't seen someone wearing like VR headsets in public, like this year will be when it starts. Cause like the Apple vision pro like thing Apple is coming out. Yeah. Cause it's like good enough now that you can do mixed VR. So you can like, say, walk around the house or whatever and do things. So people are going to, you know, be out there with this stuff. Yeah, the video quality is there, and it just doesn't take much to, like, analog hack the human mind. Like, we know that for sure. Like, even low-resolution video um, on VHS tapes was enough to sort of, like, you know, be sufficient for most people to have, like, get a suspension of disbelief and sort of live in the cinematic world. But with you wearing some thing wrapped around your head, like, three-dimensional space and tricking every sort of component of your brain um and you know like the design features of these things are meant to be more entertaining to you because the who's going to use a product that's not entertaining so what ends up happening is is like it's a selection it's like a survival of the fittest or uh, natural selection happens when it comes to software in the stuff that's most useful to people those are the ones that get used the most and it just says it's like a feedback loop and so the same thing, that same iterative cycle will happen in the VR, AR space. Um, and then, like, I think when some of the AR, VR stuff was being produced, I don't think, like, when Oculus and stuff first came out, like, people understood how far AI and, like, video diffusion technology is gonna, was going to come along. And it's like everything is falling on our lap at one time, which is weird. Like, it's not like we're going to get used to AR and then we're going to get used to VR and then we're going to get used to AI. It's, like, all just showing up. Um, in this kind of interesting conglomerate. Um, it's a lot of new areas of tech coming to people's brains like in a very short period of time with no real sort of understanding of like the impact it's going to have on people. Or, But what we do know is like the software systems are very similar to like evolutionary systems in that they evolve to serve themselves as much as they serve you. Serve you. Like, like look at like how many people's phones have say Facebook on it or Twitter on it or YouTube or whatever. Um, the more useful the thing was, the more 
it virally grew and ended up being on your phone and interfacing with your brain. The same thing is true with all these different AR and VR and AI models that are coming out. Like each one will evolve to the point where it maximally stimulates your dopamine or whatever. Because if it's not, you're going to use something else, right? It's like an opportunity cost. So like you'll just be sort of like walking into this and like society will just like, it's just going to basically like this idea that someone out there sort of controls what these things are going to do or how they're going to evolve. That's like saying you and me are controlling how bacteria evolve at the bottom of the ocean. Like, no, we don't really control any of that. So these systems will simply just evolve like spontaneously. Um, and yeah, like there's a few humans here and there that control a few parts of it, but like the global arc, like, is anyone really controlling that? No, nobody's controlling anything. Learn like the to code. Pretty, the human race has pretty much lost control of like where this is going. Like, this is why like some countries are like thinking about banning TikTok, for example. I think a recent European country did that. Um, but like the, the reality is, is that like, um, yeah, besides draconian measures like banning shit, it's not really obvious what to do about any of it. And, um, and um, every country sort of like, at least some people in the sort of national security apparatus of each country is worried about this sort of thing being a problem in terms of social cohesion and like how it's going to like, how are you going to maintain your, your civilization? Oh, I feel like Islam will probably just take over like America will just like, you know, will turn into, you know, like we already are turning into like incels. And so it's like, you know, the, the country that bans porn, it's probably gonna, you know, come out on top because it porn is a weapon also against your mind. That may be true, although like the flip side would be that like um nations and peoples have who've had their brains like largely exposed to tech may be at least somewhat um um like primed to handle that a bit. But when you take a naive population who has been banned from everything and then like you start spilling this in, like the brainwashing effect could be much, much deeper and faster. So that's the the counter to that, that like the governments are just going to quote unquote ban or whatever, unless they're going to become like a North Korea type state, which basically like that's one of the dangers of AI. It um, The things that we're worried about winds up creating some countries that turn into North Korea like um, situations where they want to uh, cut themselves off from the rest of the world or whatever. There's that like one one movie, The, the, the Village by, by M. Night Shyamalan or whatever. Yeah, I don't remember the plot of that story. What what happened there? It's like it's pretty much like they're they're in this like cut off society, and then there's like this monster that's like coming to kill them, and everybody thinks it's a real monster, but like in reality, they're like these Amish people trapped in the woods, and then like they go out to get the medicine, and the girl realizes it was all fake. Oh, it's like a like a story that keeps the society together, afraid or yeah. whatever. Yeah. Oh, that's like that movie. I think I don't, I don't know. Yeah, it is. Yeah, have you guys watched Watchmen? That's what that guy tried doing. The evil guy in Watchmen. Good movie. It's been a long time. I don't remember. <laughs> I did see it, but I don't remember. Well, anyway, gang, Bruce, you need to get to sleep. I need to go to bed soon. I'm tired. Maybe I might make a new page on on my website. Okay. Don't tell anyone what it is. Okay. Secret. Um, hopefully everyone's numbers go back up um, <laughs> and uh, everyone has a good night alright gang, you're up Bruce, Drew 
everybody else catch you later motherfucker screaming out loud looking for mercy before they find themselves working a corner down in jersey what could be worse misrepresenting the first come first serve mentality stuck in the burbs i'll be numbing up first before discovering what works and we'll see what other kinds of trash is under the dirt we rape and plunder the earth sit and wonder about the worth and plate ring around the rosy while the thunder is served motherfuckers walking around here looking faceless trying to make a living southern friendship bracelets dead ends dragging out the max amount of payments red down days got them acting all bankless yo fam what check these tokenomics they probing this bear flexing broken honest i had to lay my soul down i'm just roasting honest and then to end a long day 11 bowls of chronic never known the politic i was born to frolic it's been my policy to pollinate all over the plot we got a lot of apologists jumping in at the top we like to measure their velocity before they hit rock bottom over impossible loss it's all moss and i'm liking the odds bond doing the morning forming mycological bonds click the cap yo the road is highly involved flip a coin diary falls motherfuckers screaming out loud looking for mercy before they find themselves working a corner down in jersey what could be worse misrepresenting the first come first serve mentality stuck in the burbs i'll be numbing up first before discovering what works and we'll see what other kinds of treasures under the dirt we rape and plunder the earth sit and wonder about the worth and play Ring around the rosy while the thunder is served Trying to figure out the max amount of dinner lace Stacked in non-toxic just to get a better place Smacking on the hostage like the shit is play for keeps Clowns white knight and all these Maybellines They call it implausible when model after model keeps on Ripping off the coat and going full throttle beats Tearing apart your communitility All these low hanging fruits bearing zero liquidity Got a planet in reach coming standard to each I'm on the back ten stargazing after the siege Commanding all the management to grab a few seats And then we'll round up the beasts and send a messenger east Y'all better sign a release when I'm bumping these beats Hands up if I got motherfuckers drumming the streets Yo, we got a few dubs, we got a couple defeats And if you're coming for the king, you better have some of each Motherfuckers fuckers screaming out loud looking for mercy Before they find themselves working a corner down in Jersey What could be worse? Misrepresenting the first come first serve Mentality stuck in the verbs I'll be numbing up first before discovering what works And we'll see what other kinds of treasures under the dirt We rape and plunder the earth Say and wonder about the worth and play Ring around the rosy while the thunder is served Tim Spaces.